What's going on, everyone? This is Alex Jeteris here with another Knicks episode for the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And today we got a phenomenal guest on the podcast, Chris LeBron, host of the Off the Ball podcast and founder of the Off the Ball Network with us today to discuss some Knicks topics, some draft topics. We got a lot of stuff going on today. So we're going to discuss Tibbs want to make big moves. We got Russell Westbrook news heating up. And then we also got to discuss who the Knicks are going to take with their draft picks today. And then, John, what do we got for et cetera today? What's up, Alex? For et cetera today, we're going to go a little bit around the league, some NBA draft. We know you're also a Nuggets and Celtics uh, up-and-coming expert. So we're going to hear uh, what you think about uh, their rumors coming around. And we'll, you know, talk about that the top five, you know, NBA draft and how it's going to kind of flow before it uh, comes to the Knicks. Sounds all good, John. Sounds all good. You know what to do, Ricey. Let's get it going. What's good, everyone? Alex Jeteris here with another Knicks episode with the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And as always, with me, as usual, is the man with the plan ready to get the Knicks right back on track, John Malika. John, how are you doing today, bro? What's up, Alex? I am, um, I don't want to say nervous is the word, but I am excited for this upcoming week. The trade moratorium is open. The, the caps have been set. The trades the, have been opened. Uh, and I'm ready to get my heart broken, man. <laughs> What's up with you? How are you? How are you doing? I'm good, bro. You know what it is. I'm just as excited as you are. We got basketball right around the corner. We're close to just a month out. We got the draft. We got free agency. We got trades starting on Monday. I am nervous being a Knicks fan because that's just ingrained into my blood. So, you know, I'm just like inside. I'm like ready to just like vomit of just like pure, like I <laughs> just being just purely nervous, man. I just can't handle what's going on today and for just this week. But John, we got a phenomenal guest with us today. We got Chris LeBron, host of the Off the Ball podcast, founder of the Off the Ball Network. Chris, what's going on today, my guy? Man, I'm excited to be on the show, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on, man. You know, I love talking to you. Last time you had me on your pod, I just want to have you back. I know you're a big Knicks fan. You've been doing a lot of awesome draft coverage by the plethora of guests you've been having on, man. You put in a lot of work and I know you got some great knowledge and who else to have on this show for this week with the draft coming up and a lot of Knicks news that's in like in conversation Mm -hmm. than you. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's crazy, crazy, crazy. It's going to be a crazy week, you know, for us. So I'm excited. Yeah, man. I'm totally excited too. How are are you feeling? Do you have any like big uh, projections you got going this week? Anything big that you feel for the Knicks? I'm just like you, man. I'm nervous. I mean, we're we, we're always in this spot, so it's always that nervous, that nervous feel of like, all right, are they gonna blow it this time? And it's like you want to feel like things are different, you know. It's like you know when you keep going out with a, with a, that crazy girl, and you think the next girl is gonna be different, and you just force yourself like, all right, this is gonna be different. And it's like I don't know, like. I, I'm, I, I, I want to feel optimistic, but then I'm like, oh, but I could see like them just taking someone that we've never heard of and just trading for guys and giving up and then we're back in square one. So it, it's a nervous feel. So like I, I'm, I'm just like, um, 
I'm just like with all the tra- trades and all this, and I'm staring at Woj's Twitter feed, like just and all that is it's all nervous, bro. You know how it is being a Knicks fan, but it is a nervous energy. But I'm excited with the draft and all that. The overall being a big, you know, getting into the draft big time. So it's it's gonna be an exciting week, but definitely, I'm definitely nervous, just like you, bro. Yeah, if you don't have the if you don't have the Woj uh, and Shams notifications coming straight to your phone right mm-hmm. now, with a little bit of Mark Stein mixed in there, like yeah, yeah. I'm gonna unfollow everyone and just follow those two <laughs> and Begs. I'll follow Begs too. Those are my guys. If if, the, if those three guys are, are telling me stuff, then I'm gonna believe it. But you know, it's it's gonna be nervous, bro. I'm nervous. Like I don't. I'm I'm just don't know what to expect. It's gonna be a crazy crazy few days. <laughs> Windhorse is not that important with LeBron, not... Uh... Exactly. You know, Windhorse is strictly LeBron. If you want to get your LeBron info, you go follow Windhorse and the other guy. Uh, who's the other guy they have? Uh, the, the, the LeBron reporters. They have another guy on ESPN that's, like, strictly LeBron. Like, he does everything LeBron. It's crazy. They legit have, like, LeBron reporters. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like, I forgot the other guy's name. I can't think of it. But they have two guys that just all LeBron, but it's crazy. Might as well be Kendrick Perkins at that point. I mean, just <laughs> he's on the payroll. <laughs> he's on the clutch payroll. <laughs> Yo, he's on that payroll, man. I mean, come on. ESPN is just it's not even really like basketball at that point. It's like, yeah, we do like 20% basketball, 80% LeBron, because LeBron. we follow LeBron everywhere he goes. What's yeah. LeBron doing? LeBron's yeah. the greatest. Exactly. And and five percent trash the Knicks for no reason. Uh that- for no no <laughs> Knicks could just be minding their business and just like, oh well, guess what the Knicks did 12 years ago? They signed this guy and it's like, all right, come on, we didn't even do anything. Like it's let us come on, guys. Like, you don't have to pick on us every time. I know we're bad, but it's like every time, guys, like like Rachel Nichols leads on. Well, guess what? You know, LeBron just won a championship, but guess what the Knicks did? It's like they, they didn't allow people to park in the parking lot. It's like some crazy, and then they'll blow it up, and it's a huge story. The Knicks don't allow people to park in the parking lot. It's a huge story, front page. Then first take leads, you know, it's ridiculous. The Knicks don't let people park in the parking lot no more. It's ridiculous. This, you know, and it's like, really? Like, we're just going to blow up stuff. It's like that ESPN just, just magnified. It's crazy, but, you know, you know, we deserve a lot of it, but just like little stuff like that's ridiculous. Like when they get <laughs> Yo, overblown. You're being sarcastic, but we literally had the Spike Lee entrance gate. Yeah, entrance gate. Like, it's not even a big deal. Like, that's not a big deal. Like, you know, just let Spike go. You know he, you know he belongs there, right? <laughs> He's your top fan. Like, it's let a, him go. Yeah, and, and honestly, it's a perfect segment segue into, you know, our first segment, which is like our, our league news, where the, I guess the, the cool thing to do is to just, Anybody like with a pulse, you rumor it to the Knicks, you get yeah, some clicks, yeah. and then Knicks for clicks. <laughs> yeah, and then the the first thing that's gonna happen once that player gets traded or signed or does well is gonna be like, oh, here, you know the Knicks. So no, you know, no. look look at them failing. I think the first person uh, from this offseason is Victor Oladipo, yeah. right? We got we got Oladipo coming to the Knicks, and uh, you know our boy Ian Begley just came out and uh, said that's pretty unlikely. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you got on that, Chris? Yeah, the Oladipo thing is just never just – I think he's on the downside of his career, like the injuries and all that. You know, I think he's like 29 years old. And, you know, it's – you know, a few years ago, maybe, you know, when he was – you know, when he was going at it with LeBron in that first round, that was a fun seven-round, you know, seven-game series, you know, and then he took off. He was an all-star and all that. But it, it just – 
just never excites. It didn't excite me, you know, the thought of, of getting Oladipo to this team, you know, uh, and, and him and RJ, I don't know if, how that fits. You know, I kind of think of everything like, you know, with RJ in, in mind, right? I, I think a lot of people think that, like, how does he fit with RJ? I don't see that fit, you know, uh, you know, working. So I was, I was not, not crazy about Oladipo. Great play. He's a great player. You know, you hope he gets healthy and all that, but I, I don't see the injuries. You know, I think the injuries are, are catching up to him. And uh, I, I just don't see the fit in the Knicks. And, it, and like you said, like, everyone's going to trash if he goes somewhere else and he plays well or he stays in Indiana, plays well. But I just don't see the fit right now of him, you know, and taking us to that next step is, is you know, playoffs and all that. I don't, I don't see him being that much of a difference maker for us, you know, to take that next step. So I, I'm not crazy about the Oladipo stuff, to be honest. Yeah, I agree with you, Chris. You know, Oladipo coming to the Knicks, I mean – the fact that we would be training for a guy who's on the last year of his deal and have exactly that's another for one. another, you know, for a short stint, and then we'd have to extend him too. And we don't even know how well he's gonna play. Like that's a legit gamble. You know, it's not a salary dump where it's like it, it's not like the D Rose situation where we got D Rose for practically nothing. And it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. it's a one-year trial. Let's see how we let's see how he does. Yeah, see if he could possibly be that player again. Like there's a chance, like you know. For sure. And it's, you know, I love what Ian Begley said. I love how honest he was. He's like, everyone's going to throw rumors out there just because it's for marketing too and to like drive up prices for ratings, right? Ratings. It's it's all a ploy, right? But, but it's also for players too, right? If you're hearing, oh, the Knicks are willing to pay, God damn, now I got to pay this dude. Like, that's the first thing teams got to think. But yeah, man, I, Old Depot wasn't really too thrilled about it. Um, Hey, you want to come here in free agency? Come here in free agency, man. Doors are open. But I mean, thing right that's a known thing uh, about players using the Knicks as leverage right we had Tim Hardaway did that with us um and <laughs> you know we ended up getting uh we also have uh Oladipo coming in and saying like you said during games oh Knicks come pay me we have the red family <laughs> you know the uh, Van Fleet news where the Knicks are about to pay him you know 25 mil you know that's a, that's a nice scary number to the scary. Raptor yeah, so it's like, oh, 25 mil to the Knicks or maybe 22 and a half to the Raptors. You know what I mean? That's how you're negotiating. It's, it's all, yeah, it's all negotiation. It's all around yeah. the league, man. 100%. 100%. And, that, and even for comes for teams, right? So for the next one, we got Brian Windhorst who reported that CP3 is in discussions with the Phoenix Suns, right? And we heard discussions with CP3 coming to the Knicks and the driving price for them is trying to get more assets out of us, right? Um you know, coming to CP3, like I, I like him on the team, but if he's going to go to Phoenix, let someone else overpay for him. That's exactly. that feel. I agree. I, I feel that I feel like that too. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, like it's. I don't know, man. Like I would want. I'm, I'm. You know, it's crazy. You know, being a Knicks fan, right? We, we want to be good, right? And like, it's like it's like a therapy session, right? It's like you want to be good, right? And you want good players, but it's like. You know, and I talked about this on the last show, my last show is like, I like the thought of Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, Dolo Deep, guys that are good players on the team sounds good, but it's like, all right, we, we, we become an eight seed and we just, we're in that Orlando magic. We'll be in that Orlando magic where they're eight seeds every, every single year. Right. That's where, that's where I think if you add Westbrook, you know, I think that's where they would be. And it's like, okay, yes, it's better than being, you know, where we've been at the last seven years, but it's like, we should want more. We should want to be better. Like I don't like I don't just want to be in, in that middle, like the where Detroit Pistons were in and Orlando, like I said, like in just the middle and just like, all right, you're stagnant and you're just there. Like now Orlando, Detroit are like, you know, Detroit's probably gonna, you know, just blow everything up, right? 
and, and Orlando's in that middle where like, okay, what do we do? Or do we try to like take that next step or do we, you know, do we just blow this thing up? Cause we don't like, they're in the middle. And like, I, I don't want to be in that. I want to, you know, we need to take the next, that next step. So even if it means waiting, like I know, and, and I know people are like, oh, oh, you're tired. We've been losing like all the laws. Like I know we could use it. We could, we could, if we lose another year, what's that? What's more, you know, we, we already dealt with seven years and then the last 20, you know, we've dealt with so much losing. If it means one more year where we can, where you could see the market better, the, there's a better free agencies. There's, I know people like the draft and the draft is better. There's a lot of things. And, and you, you know, with, with, you know, hopefully you can get back to some type of normalcy and we can see what the salary cap is and, and just get a better feel of, you know, and it's, and just also with the franchise, if we, if we're a better team and we just improve, that just shows free agents like, Oh, the Knicks are get okay. The Knicks are making steps forward. Right. This year, you can't really tell, right. You can't really tell. So it's hard to judge, but if we have another year where, where we're building the young guys and everyone's getting better. Right. And teams could look at like, that's, that's, how, that's how the Nets freaking got <laughs> Katie and Kyrie. Right. They showed the rosters like, here's the roster. We're getting better. Boom. So hopefully, you know, that's the route I would go. But, you know, you know, Russell, adding, adding a, like a Westbrook or CP3, I mean, that, that does make the team better. But I don't know about the long term, you know, uh, effects of it. We'll get more into what uh, Russell Westbrook later on in uh, yeah. this in this pod. But no, I, I feel the same sentiments as you. And I have like I have my whole thoughts about Westbrook because I think there it's it's becoming too black and white and it's a very gray subject about Westbrook because there mm-hmm. are positives and there are negatives. So we'll get into that later, mm-hmm. but you know, right now, you know, we were talking a little offline about this uh, Lakers, you know, Woj reported that Lakers are going to trade the 28th pick and Danny green to OKC for Dennis Schroeder. That seems to be ready in the books. Just quick thoughts. How do you guys think about that? I think that's a good move for them. It seems like Rondo's not coming back. It seems like, and same thing with Avery Bradley. That seems pretty pretty set in stone pretty solid for the lakers in my opinion yeah it's i mean it's another that's such a lebron deal right where you (laughs) trade a couple you know a a first round pick for a one-year deal um and we're not really sure if schroeder's gonna you know get re-signed honestly schroeder uh schroeder and vogel that's a nice uh that's a nice match for me personally i think i think that works um when it comes to the knicks this is exactly what scares me, right? Uh, you're dealing with Presti. What an amazing trade, right, for OKC. Like, mm-hmm. like that is... That Ultimate is, finesser. Ultimate finesser. What a, <laughs> I'm saying what a steal. And, like, if you if you rewind literally back to March, which is sounds like a, a century ago, right, if you're living in this world because of Corona, <laughs> if you're a Knicks fan because that's the last time we played basketball, mm-hmm. that's, at that exact moment, Chris Paul was in order to get rid of him, OKC was going to attach a second-round pick to Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Now we're sitting here in November, and they want the Knicks to throw in yeah. a first-round pick to get Chris Paul. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I guess this, you know, the stock has moved on Paul, yes, because we saw what he did, but not that much, right? Mm-hmm. We're, 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 staring, we're looking at Presti just, like, finessing the league, and <laughs> uh, when we're talking Knicks trades, like, it scares me. I... I Ask Alex, I cannot stop bringing up the fact that we won a trade versus Jerry West, right? Where we traded Marcus Morris midway through the season for a first-round pick, which we'll get into right now, put us back at the end, and Clippers didn't win. So, like, that was a steal for us. 
Mm-hmm. Is that really going to happen again versus OKC? They have a thousand draft picks right now. Like mm-hmm. they don't want any more draft picks. They're going to take our. Pl- they're going to steal from us. And like I just kind of don't want to. Exactly. All right. Like I, I know you guys are good. Like I know I could probably use Chris Paul. He might do well for us. But like I just don't like. No. No. Thank you. Like stay over there with your nine hundred picks. Like enjoy. Like exactly. leave us alone. <laughs> exactly. I agree. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I mean. You know, Chris said it right. <laughs> Presti's the ultimate finesse. This is the type of guy that you worry about going to the bar and you have your waiter right next to you. You're not serious yet. You're trying to make it serious with her. And next thing you know, this guy just pulls right in. Yeah. Mr. Steel Girl. That's who he is. That's Presti. Yeah, he's Mr. Steel Girl. Pick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <I> pick it. <laughs> he's Mr. Steel. Look what he did to the Clippers. Look what he did to the Clippers. Oh, you want you want you want uh Paul George? Bam. I want. I want Shea and I want all those assets. And well, the Clippers don't have a pick to like, you know, 2090, you know, it's crazy. Like they don't got first round picks forever. Like, I think it's a hot take. Like if you're, if you're starting a franchise right now and you can pick one, like you would take OKC's books. I think mm-hmm. like that's not even a hot take around the league. Yeah. agree. Yeah. I would agree with that too. So let's run down these last few topics um, and then really get into our next topics. Uh, so we got Wills reporting that we're going to be running it back with the play-in tournament. I'm excited about that. I thought that really worked well in the bubble. So for those who don't know or those who don't remember how it works, the seventh and eighth seed just have to win one game. And if you're the ninth and tenth seed, you have to win two games in a row against those seeds to get into the playoffs and knock them out. Last, another thing that we got is Woj also reported. It's been a very busy day for Woj, so if I'm going to say I'm going to say Woj a lot. Uh, NB, the NBA and NBPA have agreed with each side to have the right to terminate the CBA after 20 and 2021 season and the 21-2022 season. Each side has that ability to do it. Um, and then last but not least, Shams gets in here with December 11th to the 19th is the preseason. We're going to get four games December 1st. Training camp opens, man. That's right around the corner. Woo. Right after Thanksgiving. That's yeah. the best man. That is the best gift of all. Yeah. It sounds so crazy, man. It sounds so crazy when you say it out loud. Like training really does. Open, draft, training camp. Like, and I, I and I cannot imagine the difference in uh, morale between like the Knicks locker room, right? And like the Lakers locker room. The Lakers are like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah, yeah. Work, man. Like, I'm going <laughs> to work till March. Like, and the Knicks are like, oh, my God, we get to, like, get game checks and work? Like, this is going to be fantastic. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's team, this teams feeling different. Like like you said, there's teams who haven't played since March, and we don't think about that, right? Everyone's like, oh, they're going to play right away. The season just ended. It's like, well, there's a lot of teams that didn't play for – like you said, since March. So it's like, yeah, like let's let's go already. Like enough. Let's play ball. Like so, like for teams like the Knicks and like you know Atlanta teams like that, they're like let's go. But like the Lakers and the Miami, where they're spent, they're like, oh god, we gotta we gotta do this right away. Like that's crazy. So teams like that, we might see like struggle early on, and a lot of you know, I know people don't like load management, but we might see a lot of load management with teams like that. You know, you know, a lot of those teams that went deep in the play in the bubble. Yeah, that's for sure. Miami and uh, the Lakers are definitely going to do load management. You have LeBron who like sent out an IG just like with a just uh, with <laughs> face, just like disappointed with how fast it's coming. It's like, bro, like you're 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 set. You are set. There is 400 other players who also need to make game checks too. All right, you are yeah, set. You got that lifetime Nike deal. You are set, my guy. 
Or I think he's good money wise. I think he's pretty good. Yeah, but he's smart, man. He's wor- he's worried about that those regular season L's like piling up. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? December and January and February and like now he's gonna be staring at like a fifth, sixth seed in the West. That's not gonna look good. You know what I mean? Um the the one thing I'll point out, which is really interesting about the playing game, I know it's obviously makes it super entertaining for us to actually watch competitive eight seed basketball. Right, because usually, like, if they win one or two games versus the one seed, it's fantastic. Um, so, yes, for the fans' perspective, that's great, and also more basketball than ninth and tenth seed. It's more fun, yeah. But also, it gives such a huge advantage for that number one pick, right? That not, not number one pick, number one seed. Sorry, um, I'm in draft mode. Um, so, like, the <laughs> Lakers, you know, the Lakers are number one now. Not only do they get you know, the advantageous, like, playing the worst team. We got the home field. But now this team is spent, right? They just played this team. They just played that game. Like, they're they're dying rolling into this game. Probably have some ankle injuries walking in. So LeBron's going to be chilling in the first round. You know what I mean? And I think that's um, huge because it makes the regular season worth something. You know what I mean? It, it actually gives them more incentive to be that number one seed, which I think is going to be the Warriors. But that's neither here nor there. One hundred percent, one hundred. We forget about the Warriors too. Like people are just like, you know, you, you forget. Like, all right, you go to the teams like Denver, Lakers, Clippers. They're like, oh, the Warriors are coming back. Like that's crazy. The Warriors are going to come back. It's there. You know, we're talking about three-time champs. It's they're there. You know, I would have loved to see how this year would have ha- worked out if we had a full healthy Warriors team because that is a team, you know, they revolutionized the game, especially with Steph and Clay, just how they shoot. Uh, I'm really intrigued and excited to see how they're going to take the season on because I think they're, they are going to definitely want to make a statement about one who runs California and two who runs the West. Okay. They're like, Oh yeah. LA Lakers. You guys are very top heavy. Watch how we draft and set up this team. Um, so I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. That Schroeder trade had more to do with the Warriors than it had to do about the Lakers. They need they need a guard to play those guys. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Agree. And Dade <laughs> for them. Like, that just wasn't going to work. They need someone on the ball. Agreed. Sure. Agree on that. Chasing Steph Curry around is going to be a nightmare. But enough, with, enough, enough talking about the league. Let's move on to what this podcast is all about, which is Knicks. And sometimes Jets, thankfully, for today, we didn't have any Jets football. So <laughs> as Jets fans, I feel for you guys. I feel for you guys. And thank you, Adam Gaze, for not having to ruin a day. Um, <laughs> Yo, uh, it, it, it's, it, it's, uh, I wanted to bring it up in the beginning. It's like a blessing and a curse, right? I feel like, uh, of course, bye week, my favorite week, being a Jets fan, like, no question. But I feel like we're iced, man. I feel like we're getting iced before this, <laughs> before this draft, right? Like, Chris is like hyped right now. He just watched his Giants win. He's got the yeah. NFC East in his sights. Like, thank God for the NFC East. <laughs> He's distracted, man. We're sitting here, like, you know, just like <laughs> verbal meme, like SpongeBob with the coffee, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like waiting for Wednesday, scared <laughs> of Monday and Tuesday. Like, <laughs> that's that's a fact. It is truly a fact, John. I, I can't agree more. I am. Chris, you were lucky to be a Giants fan. You guys won two Super Bowls recently. We haven't, I, I was not around for the Super Bowl. My dad was, and he tells me about it all the time, seeing Joe Namath and being there at the Super Bowl and that waving of the one finger. It's, I just get to watch it on reruns. Are you guys Mets fans too? 
Nope. If you're if you're that that trio, that's a that's a tough trio. I know a lot of Jets, Mets, Knicks fans, and I and I don't know, like, I mean, that's painful. Like, that's painful. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, one winning team in my life, and so does John. So we have the Yankees to fall back on. All right, good. That that helps a lot. And they struggle too, but it's not to the you know it's not to the level of the Mets and all that. So it's it feels a lot better. <laughs> That's true. But the Mets should be happy. They got a new owner, so Steve Cohen yeah. uh, is probably going to spend whatever billions he's made from being a hedge fund. He's loaded, man. He's loaded. Is he like the richest owner in like baseball? Like, I would not. Crazy. Yeah, he's up there. It's crazy. Oh my god! All right, we like the we like the BS. So let's get back on this topic. Uh, so for Nick's topics, we got Stefan Bondi. Uh, hot topic quote that was uh, pulled was Tibbs wants win now moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, to put it into context, Bondi did say that most coaches do want to make win now moves because they want to compete. Right? It makes sense. This is nothing new. And even Thibodeau, you know, in that whole piece. Uh, from the New York Daily News, Bondi explains that, look, Thibodeau's going to have a say, Leon Rose and World Wide West and everyone else, they're all having a say, and it's just making sure everyone's voices are heard. But hearing win now moves, I this is what I want to talk about. I really dislike this term win now and using it in this context because it's just to drive clicks, man. It is just to drive clicks. It's just to get Knicks fans, like they're like, like to just get them they're like they're it's just to get them frustrated bro that's really what it is because they, they hear win now it's like we're gonna forge like we're just gonna like forfeit our mortgage like the mortgage the future and just do something like right now get westbrook bring mellow and do anything else just to like win right now and i and it's just truly to do that and i really hate that term with a passion and when i read that and like when you read it fully and not and not pulling it it's just saying that they just want to build like a competitive team and just to win is win now is just such a vague term. And I really hate it. What do you, what do you guys feel about it? They want to be a basketball team, man. It's such a, such a crazy concept, but again, it's, it's just a common theme, dude. It's just a common theme. It's throw everything at the wall when it comes to the Knicks. All right. Whatever sticks like is probably going to be bad and whatever falls off, blame that on the Knicks for not, for not sticking to the wall. You know what I mean? And maybe that's such a weird analogy, but I literally I cannot think of one player that is like top fifty NBA player uh, that is not being rumored to the Knicks. Like if you have if you're a top fifty player, if you ha- if you have a one year if you have a bad contract, if you are on a one year deal, if you're a free agent, if you have a bunch of injuries, any of those things you're rumored to the Knicks. Like it's crazy, you know what I mean? And I don't know. It bothers me uh, to some to some aspect, but then at the other side, like I'm glad we're not the Orlando Magic, where no one's ever going to be rumored to come to the Orlando Magic, right? So like that's cool for me. So yeah. Aaron Gordon is you know thinking about leaving Orlando. Okay, how about the Knicks? But like if someone is disgruntled with the Knicks, you know what I mean? Like Randall, it's not like oh you know he's thinking about going to Orlando, you know, hanging out you know, <laughs> in mid Florida. Like that's not. You know, so I, I do at some point, I am grateful for that. Yeah. But it, it, it does like the burden gets heavy. And at this point, it's almost like I'm glad that we have adults, right? Like Tibbs and World Wide West and Leon Rose to like kind of dispel that because it was more like, hey, here are the guys. 
that we should get. If we don't get them, it's Dolan's fault or it's Perry's fault, and we all stink. Right now, it's like, okay, we kind of like... We got some adults, you know, if they don't want them, maybe it was a good idea. So, like, I'm, I'm kind of getting around to not being so upset about the rumors. Yeah. Of clicks, and I'm starting to, like, find a little, like, gratefulness, like, in it. <laughs> in the spirit of Thanksgiving, I guess. <laughs> agree. Agree. It's like, you know, like you said, like, would you want to be where Orlando or is one of those teams that, like, if they don't draft well, like, no one's going there, right? So, like, the rumors, it's... It's, you know, it's, it's good in a way, but then you also know that a lot of, you know, the, a lot of people use that because the Knicks are such a driving force, right? That they're, you know, they're such a hot topic that if you just attach whoever, you know, some random whoever that that's going to drive, right? Because Knicks, you know, using the Knicks is, is huge, right? No matter if they're good or they're bad, the Knicks are talked about 24 seven, right? You know? No one talks about, you know, the Orlando made the playoffs and no one talks about them, right? Nobody talks about Detroit. Nobody's nobody's like, oh, my God, Detroit or Minnesota, you know, teams like that. Like, people just don't talk about them. But the Knicks drive so much. But uh, it, it's it, it's it's crazy. Like, it's, you know, I remember seeing, uh, you know, when the lottery happened and people like and you see like the threads and you're like, you like. It's like, you know, they talk about, you know, Detroit got this. And then you're like, there's like a thousand people talking about. And then you see the Knicks and it's like a hundred thousand. And it's just crazy. Like, it's it's true. Like, you know, and just imagine if we were to ever be, you know, respectable friends. I think at this point, we just want some respectability. Right. And, you know, with Tibbs and all that, like, I think we can hopefully get back to that because he has you know, a good track record. But like you said, it's, it's, it's crazy how Knicks, you know, people just attach the player to the Knicks and they you know it gets it gets so crazy with all that but i get it too i get it because it, it drives it gets you more you know nicks for clicks right it's that's that saying nicks for clicks so it, it's crazy it's crazy how the nicks get used in all these moves and, and all these all, all these rumors and all that but you know it's 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 cool but it's like you know uh you know we get used we're getting used too like you know so you know we get used in a lot of things you know so uh it, it's crazy man it's just crazy for sure. I, I agree with you 100%, Chris. Like, th- there's no there's no other way to explain it. And come on, it's the Mecca. It's New York City. It's, you know, one of the greatest cities in the world. The Knicks, one of the only two original franchises left. It's us and the Boston Celtics. For what? Historical, historical team, right? We got to see the team good. It's the team with the most money, $4.5 billion. We have the money to do whatever, and we could – and that's the thing. Like, imagine if we were actually good, right? Imagine if we were actually good. Oh, my God, the league is buzzing. And everyone says it. If the Knicks are good, the league is humming. Think about when Melo was on this team. 2012-2013, Knicks were good. The league was humming. Everyone was involved with the Knicks because you have Knicks fans all over. All- Look at Linsanity. Look, Linsanity was like, you know, for a week and a half, it felt like. And it took over, like – it took over the NBA. Like it was crazy. Like, so it's like, just imagine if you have consistency, like you got the late, both LA teams are good, right? Boston teams are good. When those, if Chicago's on the comma, so if those, if you got LA, New York, Chicago, Boston, you know, thriving, that just makes the NBA just better. So, you know, let's hope that, you know, we can, we can hopefully get there, you know, sooner rather than later. For sure. And, just so that everyone understands where this uh, Bondi piece came out of, it was real. It was with regards to Russell Westbrook, the trade rumors. So I guess we can just hop into this right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer. Westbrook is on uh, the Knicks radar. 
Then we also have uh, Macri of Nick's Film School, who also reported this Friday saying that things have changed and that Westbrook is on the Knicks radar. And Macri went further saying that Julius Randle, the 27th or 38th pick would be involved in a deal to get uh, Westbrook. On top of that, there's other reports. I can't remember right now who said it, but Dennis Smith Jr. and Wayne Ellington would also be involved in this type of package to get Westbrook on the team. And I would just like to know, I hope we're getting like their last first pick in return for this, if that's even possible, because I know they just traded everything. I, I haven't looked that far into it, but let's really get into this right now with Russell Westbrook on the team. Do any of you guys want Westbrook on this team? And Chris, I know it sounded like you don't want him on the team from the get-go. So I'm going to start with you. How do you feel about the possibility of Westbrook coming to the team? I mean, like, like I said, we talked about before, like, he would be our best player. Right. And he would bring some energy to the garden. Right. And he would, you know, he, he, he's his style his all that. And, you know, we would see some exciting games, but I just don't see the long term. Like he, he's had Paul George, he's had all these team and he hasn't gone far. And what makes you think he would do that with the current, you know, this team currently constructed, right. That he would take this team far. And it's, like I said, I just I, I just don't see the fit. I think his usage is super high. He doesn't play off the ball at all, no pun intended. Uh, he doesn't play off the ball and all that. He's just a ball dominant. And then if you're trying to build, <laughs> if you're trying to build with RJ and all that, I mean that's just that's just going to stunt RJ's growth, in my opinion. Like he, he's you know, he's he literally played all, you know, all all possessions at the point guard. He doesn't, you know, so it's like, you know, RJ is going to have to have the ball at sometimes, you know, he, he is a, a solid playmaker. We saw that at Duke and we saw some of that at with the Knicks last year. And it's like, I just like it, it a lot of people, I, and I've had this discussion, like you guys have probably had, like, you know, and a lot of people are like, why not? Like he would be your best player. It's like, yeah, I know you're right. I may sound silly for thinking, but I just, I don't, I just, I'm thinking long-term. You know, I'm just thinking long term and yeah, short term, we might be, it might be a seventh, eighth seed, but like, you know, uh, I just don't see guys wanting to come play with Westbrook too. That's another thing. Like you want a star that can attract people. I don't see like, like he, it's kind of like that Allen Iverson feel like, like guys weren't going to play with him. And yeah, it's great player MVP, right? Russell Westbrook MVP, but guys aren't, you know, Paul George went there like, yeah, okay, I'll leave. I want to leave. <laughs> like, oh, like, so it's like, is he going to be able to attract guys here and all that? I, you know, maybe I'm overthinking it and we just get him. And, but it's like, you know, and, and the trade offer you just mentioned, I mean, that's not really a bad, you know, if you're telling me we get, you know, trade the last, you know, uh, the 27th pick, Julius Randle and you and whatever we have left of Dennis Smith Jr., you know, you, okay, that, you know, that, that's not a bad deal at all to get him if, if but you know it's I don't know I'm conflicted man I, it's just being a Knicks fan they make it's just like we've been we've been through this before right we've been through these these type of trades and we get excited Carmelo Anthony you know Stephon Marbury Steve Francis all these guys and then we get a heartbroken so maybe that's just that part of me that's just you know the broken heart of all those other deals and like just thinking oh it's just gonna it's just gonna fail his his body's gonna break down watch his body breaks down when he comes here and he's so I, I don't know that that deal's actually not that bad of a deal, to be honest, like to get, you know, to get a guy like that, you know, yes, you know, he, he comes with baggage, but he's still a great player, you know, no matter what, but I don't know, man. I don't know if I, if I'm the GM right now and 
I, I would I would just sit back and just, you know, let, let someone else deal with Westbrook. <laughs> let someone else deal with that and the money and all that. Because, you know, if it doesn't work out, we're going to get killed, right? We're, we're going to get killed in the media and all this. And I, I'm tired of all that. So, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards just this, this goal and just this, Try to hit home run with this draft. Let's just keep continue better, and then next year we can, you know, try to make a little bit more draft. Well, there's better, you know, guys that are better fits, you know, that you know, and you know, obviously we all know the connections with Leon Worldwide West and all these guys, you know, all those Kentucky dudes. Maybe we can, you know, look at those guys, you know, whoever maybe one of those guys are available next year. But I, I right now I would stay put. I wouldn't I wouldn't entertain it, you know, uh, get, getting Westbrook on, on the Knicks. Okay. Yeah, I I mean. I kind of disagree. I I'm not really conflicted on this, but I'll just let me just touch on your last point. Um, mm-hmm. I I des- I think the Knicks would deserve, you know, the Heat if it didn't work out, and if it did work out, it's not they didn't really um, like Westbrook like really did well in the Knicks and he developed a point guard and we did well in the playoffs with him. I really don't even think they deserve that much praise. Mm-hmm. Right, so like that's the crazy part because like you paid, you paid top dollar for a stock like on the lo- like coming down. You know what I mean? It's not like we you know were able to steal because you're talking about trading a first round pick for Russell Westbrook. Like, what are we talking about? You know, mm-hmm. like how is that a good trade? I, I I get getting rid of Julius Randle. Okay, I get them wanting DSJ back. Like that's a really nice piece for them. Okay, I, I get them wanting guys like Wayne Ellington and other guys, but like that's it. Like that's what you get for getting rid of Westbrook off your books. Like, and, and <laughs> I don't know if this is like the media or it's the Knicks fans or we just get caught up again. Like, who? No other team wants Westbrook. Now the Knicks are not only giving Westbrook some guys, but mm-hmm. we're giving them our first round pick. Like, what do we, you know, like, how does this make any sense? So, right. uh, I don't even, like, do you want me to start getting into how other teams are literally praying to God at night before a playoff game that Westbrook has the ball in their hand, in his hands in the last two minutes of the game? Like, do we, I don't, do we have to talk about that? Like, I, I don't want to talk about that because, like, I don't even want to start getting that, like, image in my head of Westbrook with the ball dribbling down getting his triple double oh great um now knicks are down 18 in the fourth quarter with four minutes and 27 seconds to go like what is that going to do for me or if the knicks are down six and then westbrook is bringing up the ball it's a guaranteed terrible shot or a turnover or he's going to throw the ball you know to somebody else and hang back or he's going to get to the line and miss a free throw like that's Russell Westbrook. Like, what are we talking about? You're and you're asking about what's going to happen when his health eventually declines. Like, knock knock. Like, we're here. Like, his health has declined. You know what I mean? And so, giving up a first round pick, like, so, like no way. If that, if if the Rockets are telling me that, like, I want Westbrook. Okay, we we want a draft pick. Okay, like, close the phone. No, thank you. But if you're coming back and you're like, oh, listen, we'll take Randall. I know it's going to be bad on your books. Like, well, I, honestly, a fair trade would be my, you know, amateur dumb head would be, you know, Julius Randall, DSJ, Wayne Ellington. And then you give me Westbrook and a pick. Like, you give me Westbrook and a second round pick. You know what I mean? If you want, like, to get money off your books and, like, actual players 
that like are are gonna like DSJ and you know be able to develop them. So uh, I'm just so sick of like the. I mean, yes, we play like a poverty team, but we're not a poverty team. You know what I mean? Like, we don't need you, man. Like, we're good. We don't need to get rid of a first-round pick that we're about to get into right now about how, like, we're so excited about the draft and all this stuff for Westbrook. What are we talking about? Like, so it's a non-starter for me, like, yeah. the trade details that are out there. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I agree with you, John. I also agree with you, Chris. And for me, I'm going to say, like, I listened to Alan Hahn on the Pod Strickland show, right? He awesome pod by the way if anyone mm-hmm. hasn't checked it out and alan Hahn made some great points you get westbrook in here that guy changes the culture by the way he competes he will help elevate the level of play of all the guys around him i totally agree 100 victor oladipo said it at the same time victor oladipo said it was hard to play with westbrook the dude is ball dominant it, it, there's there's two sides to this coin and i'm not saying westbrook sucks he's an mvp he's a top he's a Sure, shoe in Hall of Famer, awesome player. I don't think he fits with the Knicks. He's so ball dominant. If we're thinking about developing RJ, right? And I'm not saying RJ needs to have the ball in his hand as much as the next guy, right? We're not even, I'm not even saying he has to have the ball in his hands all the time. But if we're thinking about RJ, who needs the ball in his hand, and you have Westbrook, who has the highest usage rate of all time with the ball in his hand. And he's not really like Chris Paul as a floor general who, you know, even though he said he wants to be the floor general, he's not truly a floor general. Like he makes easy kickout passes. He can swing it, but he's not making those advanced reads of dropping dimes in the paint. Like he does it once in a while, but he's not doing it all the time. And if we're thinking about working with RJ, and then we also include Mitch. We're, so that's three non-shooters to begin with because Westbrook shot 25% from three people, 25%. You know, this past team, our best shooter shot 32%. How are we – how does it – this is going backwards, and then we got to keep – like I know we're getting rid of Julius Randle, but who else on this team could shoot threes, you know? And my other thing with Westbrook is the money. Like we're talking about a $133 million contract over three years. You know, I like CP3 because it's two years and we're done. After 2021, we're we're ready to go. And we have a, a better fit, too, if we were to make it. Way better fit. The dude can shoot. He can pass. He can do everything. He can set everybody up. You saw what he did in OKC. Schroeder. Uh, you got SGA. Adams. You saw Lou Dort starting to get into his groove. Baisley. Yeah, Darius Baisley, too. New Orleans Noel. New Orleans Noel started to get good, too. I would love to see what uh, Robertson would have done with uh, – CP3 because he was coming back off an injury, but the dude literally elevated the play. And the thing with Westbrook is that will he get you to the playoffs? 100%. He did it in the West, a tough division, no doubt. But the money is really what comes down to me. And we're talking about cap space, right? So I did a little number crunching just to figure this out with what we got. We got a projection of 42 million with the cap, right? If, if we get rid of Bobby Portis, Wayne Ellington, Taj Gibson, Alfred Payton, Reggie Bullock, Theo Pinson, Mo Harkless, and Damian Dotson. If we don't sign any of those guys, we get $42 million. The likelihood of all those guys being gone in this situation, not likely. Let's, let's, let's be real, people. And to make that trade work, right, I think we're, you know, Begley reported that Peyton and Bullock are most likely to come back. So that's already, you know, if, we were, if we're talking about 41, $42 million that we're thinking about on the books, we got $4.2 million with Bullock. And if you got, you got to keep Ellington, who's $8 million. And if we get a maybe with Peyton, that's another $8 million. And then you have Dotson, who we also got to think about, who, you know, his QO is just $2 million. I don't see how you don't take that offer. 
if you're the Knicks and just pay a man two million who showed some improvement. And then we're already we kept all those guys. We're down to eighteen point eight million. That's not that's not cap space to do a lot. And if you and if you trade for Westbrook, and if you do that trade with with uh, DSJ Randall and Wayne Ellington, we're getting where that trade matches, but we still have the cap space to take on that extra eight and a half million with Westbrook. So now with that eighteen point eight, it goes down to ten point what ten point three. So now we have 10.3 million to work in the salary cap space that we have. How does that even make sense? Who do you so who are you signing for 10.3 if you do that route? Who are you? You're not signing anybody. So please, what's the, like I get where he comes from. I get that aspect. But if you're telling me that it's gonna be Westbrook, then we got Bullock, you got Peyton behind Peyton behind, and we don't and we'd have Dotson, and we're gonna sign whoever's left with that salary cap. What games are we winning? We're gonna <laughs> Playoffs, sure. We'll beat. We'll beat the the Magic. You know, we'll, we can even be a a, a contender for uh, was it the uh, the play in tournament. But mm-hmm. after that, what do we do? And then we're going to do the same thing the next year. That do keep in mind, Westbrook takes up if we signed if we get him if we trade for him, that's forty percent of our salary cap space used on Westbrook. It's just used on what it's gone. Forty percent is for a guy who's declining at thirty five. You're going to tell me forty percent's gone? I'm good. Please, no. I would rather take CP3 two years. What, what let's call it a deal. I know we can't do CP3 because it's a bigger it's a bigger trade haul it's a bigger trade haul mm-hmm. for for OKC. But you know if we're talking about if they were both the same, give me CP3. Don't even well, this is not even a conversation. Agreed. Conversation. So for all your Westbrook, for all the Westbrook fans, I get it. I know what I know what he would bring to this team. But are you really going to tell me that the level of competition that increases with the money is is right for that? I don't think so. I'm trying to I'm trying to wait, wait until next year. Okay, exactly. This season we're not winning anything. Wait until mm-hmm. next year. Wait until the books get off. The books are much cleaner next year. We only have 68 on the books for next year. Out of, out of the salary cap. Let, let's wait. What's one more year? I get that we joke that this is a poverty fan franchise. Uh, franchise. It will be poverty this year. What we get a playoff win. Uh, or a playoff entrance. That's what we want. We just want a playoff entrance. We want to see competitive mm-hmm. basketball. I want to see competitive basketball, but uh, getting, getting the eighth seed and then losing means nothing to me. That just means nothing. Okay. Agreed. Yeah, and if we're if we're so ready to ruin our books, I'd way way rather ruin it with Kevin Love. Like in my opinion, like that's the type of guy where I think the Knicks could would actually make a difference on this team. Rather than Westbrook, and like, and we could like add point guards here, there, draft. You know, we we kind of have guards all all over the place. But Kevin Love like has that experience, has that championship grind. You know, we know he could put up like twenty twenty in the game, and he's not ball dominant. He has those like full court passes, grabs boards, like that. Like if you if you're talking all this stuff for Kevin Love, now we're talking. You know what I mean? Now I could see us ruining our future, you know, books for that because we're not going to get anybody anyway. Kevin Love attracts guards. You know what I mean? Because he hypes up their stats. So like, I get. I'll roll with you there. But like, if you come to me with Westbrook, right, and then like say Chris is coming to me with Chris Paul, you know, like I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say give me Conley and like get the hell away from me. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Like I, I don't want like I don't want Westbrook's all that money and all that nonsense. I'm not you want to you want a draft pick to get Chris Paul like no thanks you know enjoy have a good time in Milwaukee like if we're dying and we need that guard and we want to trade so bad like give me Conley you know what mm-hmm. I mean one year veteran 
like no like is ready to ball like is is by all accounts like the nicest humans you know in the NBA like give me that guy like uh, if we're really if we're like really dying for that you know veteran guard and we're really get, like getting rid of Randall at any cost because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what it feels like yeah. right he's in like literally every single rumor <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I mean. It, and the fit doesn't it doesn't him and RJ I mean you want two non-shooters and then the ability to not even get any shooters on the team because you're gonna have no cap space to get like if you if you wanted a Bertans or or Gallo like w- what you've been hearing or Joe Harris or any of those guys you can't add them and so like you're gonna be stuck with two guys who who are non-shooters with Mitchell Robinson on the floor and <laughs> Julius Randle that's just a recipe for disaster. Like that could be really bad. Like, yeah, it it, it could be fun, you know, because, you know, as we're going to do is dig, but it could also be a disaster. Like no one can shoot like the three point. We might be the worst three point shooting team in, in the history of the NBA. And that's just, it just doesn't, it's just not a good fit. I, I just don't think like, yes, he's a great player. He would add, like I said, the spark. He would make us a, a, a maybe an eight, seven seed possibly playing game. But to me, I, I just, I just thinking more down, more down the line. And it, like you said, if you're putting CP3 and Westbrook together and you said, all right, pick one, you have to pick one. I would almost always go with CP3 because what he can do and, and to, to improve his teammates. So he's always done with Shea, like you said, with Shea and and, and, uh, and all these and Schroeder and all that last year. And Gallo, Gallo was a monster last year with, with CP3. He was almost an all-star. So you could see what he do it and you, th- you could think, oh, wow, he could set up RJ so much. Well, maybe he can help Knox and, and pick a roll with Mitch. Like you could think like, all right. Yes, he's he's older too, and he has injuries. But you could deal with that more than the Westbrook stuff. But you know, it, it's you know I, the Westbrook thing. Like I said, I, I'm if I had to pick, I I wouldn't even bother. For sure. Yo, yo, Chris. Just so, just since you brought it up, uh, and Alex, I'm curious how you feel about it too. But you floated it out there, so I'm gonna ask you, Gallo. Well, uh, what would you feel about a little Gallo reunion in New York? I, miss I mean, him, man. he hasn't been rumored anywhere, and uh, we're gonna find out where he's going. You know, this week. So, uh, well, how'd you guys feel if uh, you heard, you know, Gallo to the Knicks? I would love it, but just to just to be fair on the last thing before what before I get into this, if I want to be fair for the Westbrook, and we let's say we didn't keep Peyton, right? We still get down to eighteen and a half that we have left to work with. And if you if you bring up someone like Chris said, like a Bertans who wants eighteen to twenty, mm-hmm. it ain't happening. You want Joe Harris who wants eighteen to twenty, it ain't happening. You're telling me that you're gonna roll out two guys that we have like two. That's a lot. That's not gonna work. I'm I'm telling you, I want to see Iggy play too. I, he's not gonna be happy. You're not gonna be happy watching Iggy, Knox, uh, <laughs> uh, Frank. All the fr- all the Frank haters are gonna be dying when it comes to second unit you see frank and Knox on the court and you're like what is going on why is this well the shooting would just oh my god it just now now that even sounds even worse when you (laughs) add all that like that's awful shooting you have like that's that's that could be disaster it could be really disastrous can you imagine like and you just say that and like you have the frank you have the frank haters come out and say why does this team suck well it's like well you you wanted westbrook Here, here you go you know, exactly. I'm sorry that there's, you know, there's a play on the court. There's also the books we got to work with too. So yeah. that, that's all I want to say. But a return with Gallo to get to your question, John, I would love it, man. I would love to have Gallo back. He should have been on this team for a long period of time. Uh, and we should not have given up so easily with the mellow trade. I think, <sighs> but we need a point guard to make it work. So we have to see how that goes uh, if we bring Gallo back in, because he's only as good as the point guard he has. Mm-hmm. What do you feel about it, Chris? 
Yeah, I agree. Like if we have a point guard, like you said, but look what look what CP3 and did for Gala last year, like I said, almost an all-star. So if we have a point guard that is even an above, you know, that can, you know, is an above average point guard that can do some stuff, then then it could be a good fit. But if if we're gonna add no point guards and we're gonna have Dennis Smith Jr. out for Peyton and you know and Frank as that's who, you know, and uh that's it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense because he's just gonna be it's just not going to be a good fit. So, I mean, like I said, if they can add a point guard via the draft or whoever that can, that can knows how to distribute the ball and all that, then I'm all for it. But uh, I miss, I miss him. He, he was fun in here in New York. I, I was really upset when they traded him, you know, in the mellow deal. And, you know, we, that that's a pod in itself, that whole, that trade in itself. And, 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 you know, today I waited and all that, but, you know, trading Gallo was tough. Cause he, he was, I feel like he was, he was getting there. Like he was finally getting there, but, you know, uh, they, they made the move, but bring it back Gallo. I mean, he would be the most, most popular Nick by far. He, 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 you know, he would be the most popular Nick. He would, you know, he would just, that the garden would go crazy, you know? Uh, so yeah, I would love, I would love, you know, but the money, you know, whether he wants to, you know, whether he believes this team is, is going to be competitive, you know, is another thing, you know, does he want to go through a re- like a rebuild on it? So that, that there's a lot of factors in for Gallo. I'm sure he wants to get his money too and and also be a part of a, of a winning, you know, organization. So there's a lot of things. I don't think it's likely, but, you know, I, I would love Gallo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking, speaking of the international factor, I really think that helps New York a lot. Like you're not, you're really not, you like, you're not trying to live in Milwaukee you know, as as a guy coming from Italy who barely speaks English, you know what I mean? Like, let's just you know call a spade a spade. So that kind of that kind of stuff does really help the Knicks. And when somebody like Gallo moves around, even like goes to Denver, even goes to Los Angeles, you know, it's supposed to be. And then like he's like, yo, I kind of miss that New York vibe. You know what I mean? Of just like international people everywhere. Mm-hmm. I I could see. You know, the Rooster and Melo back on the Knicks this year. I really could see. I know that Alex has been totally, even though we're a Melo podcast, like Alex has been low-key just like, please, Melo, don't come here. I, I, I know he doesn't want, we're talking about how, because like we're in a rebuild and like he, he would be better in Portland and Alex is always on this, keep Melo in Portland, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which he's looking at me funny, but I, this is what he's always been saying. He wants Melo in Portland and he does not want us on the Knicks, but I could see Melo kind of doing the legacy role of like, listen, man, I, I even if he got a ring, it's honestly not even going to, like, if he just joins a team and they win, like, say he joins the Warriors and they win, like, it'll be fun, I guess, but, like, even him, he's going to be like, ah, like, you know, it's cool, like, but it's whatever, everyone knows how I got this ring, I know how I got this ring, but if he goes to Knicks and, like, we just make the playoffs and he's just, like, he's just the man, like, that's just going to be so much better for his legacy. Like, he's the king in New York. And, like, almost he can, like, pass the baton to RJ. You know what I mean? Even though, like, you know, because he can, he's, Melo can, like, walk in here and, like, kind of run the show. And he he's going to be, like, the king. And RJ, RJ Barrett's like, who is this guy? You know what I mean? Like, he just walked in here. You know, all of a sudden, like, you know, you're running the whole show. I don't know. I could see him. I could see him bringing uh, Gallo back. I personally think that. Gallo needs a team with a defensive, uh, like team defense, like a, the Spurs, right? Like he, like like for me, Gallo would be perfect on the Spurs, 
or on like the old school Tibbs Bulls. So if you're going to tell me that the Knicks are going to mimic that Bulls team, I would love to have Gallo and Melo there kind of playing the same role, like literally just switch in and out. Like Melo and Gallo, they're on a rotation together. And then, and then, the, but there has to be solid defense around them. There has to be solid point guard defense, solid shooting guard defense, like solid centers, you know, Mitch, probably Cully Stein or something like that back there, but like a real power forwards. So and we don't have those. So that's why, so like, I would love it and I would love to see them reigning threes, but we're talking about complete team. Uh, I just like, they need like a real defense for us to be like yeah. solid, in my opinion. I agree. And I think, you know, even when we get Gal back, and I'm going to say the name that John doesn't want to hear, point guard, DJ Augustine, uh, probably the most likely guy to be on the Knicks this upcoming season, not going to lie. Um, him and uh, Gallo, I mean, there you go. You got a point guard who can shoot and uh, can do some creation. So there you go, John. How do you feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> I deserve that. We can have we can have DJ, we can have Mellow, we can have Gallo. It, it, it's like bringing the whole crew back, man. It, it'll be great. Yeah, let's let's, let's also put uh, Van Fleet for twenty six mil on there too. Why not? Let's have a, let's have a party. <laughs> All right, let's let's touch on that. Let's touch on that real quick, real real quick, because he was on JJ Reddick's podcast, uh, and he said that he is not shy by letting everyone know that he wants to get paid. He wants the bag, and like rightfully so. Look. You have a short window in the NBA to make your money, and he said it. It's out there. How do you guys feel about that? Do you? Th- I don't think. I don't think that means he's leaving the Raptors. Even though I like to tweet and be like, "Oh, is he coming to the Knicks?" Uh, I don't think he's going to come to the Knicks. But I think if the Knicks give him like that crazy ass offer, he would come. But I don't think the Knicks are going to make that crazy ass offer. And I think it's just to negotiate and get the Raptors to pay him a little bit more. How do you feel about that, Chris? Yeah, I mean, he he's he's been like the one guy that's been like the top rumor, right? He's he's kind of been like the top free agent target, like you know, for the Knicks and all that since since during the bubble, since you know, since before the you know Corona, it was like Fred Van Vliet and the Knicks. That's always been a hot topic, but you know, and, and like I listened to the podcast too, and he's like, yeah, I want to get paid. And listen, remember, he's this guy's an undrafted free agent, right? You know, and, you know, he's he's 26 already. You know, he's going to want to secure that. He may not get that, you know, that second, you know, that second big contract. So my, you know, capitalize, you know, he has the ring, you know, and he said on that podcast too, like he wants to be able to be, you know, the point guard, the guy, like he was sharing it with Kyle Lowry and, and DeRozan for pre, you know, previous years, Kawhi. He wants to be the guy. And I don't know if he is that guy. That's the thing. Is he truly that guy? Because, you know, when you're playing with Lowry and DeRozan and, and, and all these guys, Siakam last year and, and obviously Kawhi the year before, you know, you're going to look good. Let's face it. You're going to look good. Right. And he looked good. He played great in the playoffs. He's, you know, uh, especially last year in helping them win the championship. So, you know, but giving like, the numbers like I'm hearing is, you know, $24 million. Like for, I mean, that's absurd. Like I, I just, you know, I wouldn't, if I'm the Knicks, I don't even talk like, no, bro. Like, no, that is not like, I don't think he's an all-star level player. Like I think he's like a, a, a complimentary player. Like you give all-star players that type. That's almost max money. We're talking about like, that's insane to even think about giving him that. Like he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. And he, he can be, you know, help you, you know, help the, uh, you know, improve the culture for the Knicks. I definitely believe that. But to give a guy who's, you know, 
with his limitations physically and all that. And then, you know, with the, the team limitations, that's another recipe for disaster. Like I don't like, yeah, like I, I was on board a little bit early on and I'm like, ah, oh, nah, like he's going to want, like you said, and then the podcast was like, oh no, nah, he wants to get paid. He made it very clear. He wants to get paid. He's, you know, he's like I said, undrafted for age and all that. He wants to get paid. And so I, that, that fit with New York, it's just, it, it, that could be a recipe to that. Like, I, I don't see him being an all-star type player. So if he's not an all-star, then it's a bad contract. <laughs> it's a bad deal if you give someone, like, and he's not going to take anything less than than $20 million a year. I'm sorry. I just, if I'm the Knicks, I'm just like, sorry. Like, you know, uh, I'm just going to have to pass. But if he, if he, he might be, like we said, he might be using the Knicks as leverage for Toronto to, to up up Danny. So it, it, like I said, it could all be just that. Bingo. Said, hold on. Hold on, before, before John goes, you're speaking his love language, by the way. John was <laughs> arms in the air, happy, excited. Chris was saying this because he feels that same way. Let me tell you something out there for everyone who's listening. If Fred Van Vliet is signed to that type of contract, we're calling the ambulance for John because he will be on a stretcher, passed the fuck out, just needing to go to the hospital and be resuscitated back to life for seeing that. All right, John, now you can go. <laughs> no, it's not that. I'm, like, here's a... Here's the worst part about this that entire like little hypothetical that you gave, Alex. Because if that happens, I'm gonna end up being such a big Van Fleet fan, right? I'm gonna be like trying to like find like, you know, all the positives in his game. Now like see what the team has to do to like make, you know, him successful. And it's just gonna suck so much. Cause deep down I'm gonna know like Oh man, this is awful that we have this guy for 26 mil for the next whatever three, four years, and like it's just done. Like it's just, it just just closes us off to any other point guard, man. It's that's insane to me. Like that, like that prospect drives me nuts. Like that's why, like getting Westbrook, right, Alex? Like with your hypothetical of like having him on your books and like ruining everything, you're closing off the point guard spot because if you even get a point guard, you can't play him with Westbrook. Like they, you know what I'm saying? It just doesn't work. So you're closing off that spot, money wise and position wise. If you if you do that to Van Fleet, you're you're also doing the same thing. Like you can't add. You're, you're no longer adding a point guard. So you're you're kind of just like we're good to go. You know what I mean? Like Kyle Lowry didn't work out too well, and he's a pretty damn good point guard. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. It's it's so tough for me to because RJ Barrett is like guaranteed for us as a two or three, right? I think he's a real two, but I guess I just have the old school mentality. But like I guess you know in today, in modern age he's a three. It just I Vinfley and RJ I get it, but I don't even I you know I'm not like you know. I'm not Tibbs, right? I'm not the expert basketball mind, but I have no idea what fits in between those guys that is going to work. Like, is that like LaMelo Ball? Like something we, we like we don't really know? You know what I mean? Like a Van Fleet, RJ, and like sticking LaMelo in there? Like, is it, is it like a Paul George? Like, is he? A, is he but like, that's not really a fit. Like, I honestly don't even know, like, if I could like imagine perfectly like minority report put together like i don't know who i would put in there and that's what scares me and like that's why i don't want anything to do with it like just you know enjoy like do your thing man you're great but like it's just, it's just not gonna work out westbrook you're you're amazing man 
if if the Rockets are so desperate to get rid of you, you want to give us stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're gonna hook us up with a draft pick. You're gonna take some stuff off our books that we don't want. Like we'll sign Bobby OG Bobby P as I like to call him, and then like trade him away. So like that's more money off our books. You know what I mean? Like I'll take that. It is you know if we're gonna work around stuff, no problem. But um, I like I just don't want any of those guys. The only guy I want. And, like, I'm, again, I'm terrified of Presti for CP3. So, like, you know, the only point guard I want is Mike Conley. Right? Like, like just, like, that's the only point guard I, le like, legit want to trade for. So, if you're going to give me Mike Conley and DJ Augustine and a draft pick point guard, sign me up, dude. Just sign me up. Like, that's what I want. Like, I don't, I don't need the splash. Yeah, for sure. And I think C I think Conley, not CP3, Conley would be a great – addition i don't know how serious the jazz are trying to trade him you know we heard that on Knicks fan tv but we haven't heard anything really rev up anymore about that maybe that deal still on the table we'll see this week we'll find out but just to talk about the van vliet like even if we had him for three years right and say if we drafted a point guard usually it takes a point guard three to four years to develop anyway or three to five years so even when that contract ends and you're like you know like we tried it didn't work see you later man we can move on and see the guy that we did draft if he could take on that role. So that's the only way he's locked in for three, four years, whatever we sign him. I don't think it'd be the end all be all with Van Vliet, but he'd definitely be the starting point guard. And I don't know how well he'd be a say like the starting point guard. We had a guest who writes about the Raptors and does a general NBA podcast, Jade auxiliary things Johnson on uh, not too long ago. And, you know, she talked highly of him. Call him. They call him Steady Freddy. He's a guy who comes in, like calms everyone down and gets everyone organized and sets things up when things are disarray, even when Kyle Lowry's out there. So I don't know, man. I, I think he, if he wants that, if if he truly wants to be the point guard, it's either going to be in Toronto, right, after Lowry leaves when I don't know when that will be. Or he want, the only other place I know is between the Pistons, which I don't know why you want to go there. If you're going to go to a franchise that sucks, come That's to us. the worst. Food. Come, we got some good food, man. It's a cultured city. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, I don't know, man. I don't know. if uh, Reggie Jackson was living the dream in Detroit, okay? Like, you could just, like, hang out, like, do your thing. Nobody cares. <laughs> exactly, like. Fit. <laughs> might be a good fit. <laughs> 11 people, like, that, used, that went to the games. Like, they were good to go. And, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I personally... I'm a Motor City fan. Like I, I actually like the the 04 Pistons were one of like my favorite teams, and for a different reason. I thought that Darko Milicic was gonna be good, so like you could throw that out there. I'll expose myself there. <laughs> but um, uh, oh god. Anyway, the, the 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 point is, I just don't see why the Knicks would. Like again, like think about it. From it's a new coach, it's a new GM. Like why are they? Why why are they gonna? Tie their hands to a new quarterback, Alex. Like, why? Why are they going to tie their hands to a new quarterback on day one? They're going to give a chance for the for you know a little bit of something to happen, go wrong, and then their like you know their chance is going to be you know whatever they decide to do in two years, and that's going to be their big move. And I I really think that's what they're going to set up for if because they're smart. You know what I'm saying? Like they're they're not going to go and and take what I don't know. I just I just don't see it. But I don't know. I agree, and that's why I think DJ Augustine is probably the most likely thing to happen. Um, but yeah, and Fred's not the the most efficient player too. Like he's not super efficient. Like he's a good three point shooter, but I mean, uh, shooting you know his two point percentage is like forty two percent. He shot forty one percent overall. Like 
it's not it's not it's not really great. I mean, yeah, he, like I said, three point shooting is good, but you know, he's not terribly efficient. So that's another thing too. Like that 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 gets me concerned too. Along with a bunch of guys who can't shoot, I mean, that that could be a, another disaster. You know, it could be so. No, I hear you. And look, like I place him as I put I place Van Vliet as like my number one option, as like who I want on the team. But hey, I it's my number one option. I'm not saying like it's going to happen. I think DJ Augustine is going to be the most realistic thing. I, I'm willing to try it out with uh, Van Vliet. But let's move on to like the real thing. Let's move on to another real topic because this is coming on Wednesday, Chris. And I know you've been talking to a lot of people about drafts. I know you've been doing this draft coverage heavy. As soon as the pandemic hit, you. You've been doing draft work. I, I, every single day I go on Twitter, there is a new video, a new link to you discussing draft, whether it's you and four, four other people on there with Corey, uh, draft Mavs. Uh, it's you got everyone on here doing the work, man. So I'm going to toss it up to you because I want to hear this. Who do you think the Knicks are going to take with the eighth pick? Oh, and let's, let's say I'm going to do, I'm going to do two things with this. Who do you, think the Knicks will take with the eighth pick and who do you want them to take with the eighth pick? Oh, who do I think the Knicks could t- will take? I mean, I think it's going to come down to a point guard. I really do. And and you've been hearing the rumblings that possibly Killian can, can drop to eight. I don't think he'll go. I don't think he's going to drop to eight, but in a scenario where he's there at eight and like, let's say Toppin or, you know, Halliburton or, or Kyra there to me, you go take uh you you have to take Killian. To Killian's my number one point uh player period in the draft. I love him. I think he to me when I watch him, I'm like, yep, he, he's a, that's an all star level player. You know his playmaking great, his ability to get to the hole. You know he, he's uh, he's so crafty and, and shifty. You know when he when you know moving downhill, I, I just when I watch him, like it just pops to me. It, it pops to me, and I know people worry about the three point shooting. But, you know, him, he's playing overseas. The game's different. I think that could translate. He's a good free throw shooter, too. So that's kind of an indicator in, in a way, to, you know, uh, for someone that can get better as a three-point shooter. I think he shoots, like, high 70s, you know, low 80s. That that could be something he could definitely do in the league. And I think three-point shooter can get better. You know, he shot, like, I think, like 29% in France. I think that could definitely get better, you know, with uh, ball movement, spacing, and all that. But to me, if he's there, you run to the Zoom podium so fast – <laughs> you run and, and you tell Adam Silver, you know, you send him a zoom and like we're taking Killian. To me, that's the pick. But if he's not there, I might the other guy I love is Kyra Lewis Jr. Uh, he he's to me, you know, the improvements he made from his freshman year to his sophomore year are just it's just uh, it's crazy. You know, he's a better playmaker, you know, plays, you know, more control. That is another issue was his control, like because he, he plays so fast. He's played a control. Some his passing is has improved so much. He makes some passes like, like it's not Lamelo esque, but it's almost there. Like it, it's his passing is definitely improved. And uh, you know, I, you know, he, his uh, you know, his pick and roll. You know, his be able to shoot. You know, a shoot and all that. To me, I, I've mocked. I've done so many mock drafts. I've mocked them to the Knicks every time. To me, it's a perfect. To me, the Knicks. You have to take the best player available. To me, the Knicks got to find the best player available who just happens to be a point guard. I think you got to come out with a point guard, in my opinion. And there, there's a there's a bunch of them. There's Kyra, you got you know uh, Halliburton too. You got Killian, you know, uh, uh, you know Cole Anthony too. You know uh, Grant Grant Real, Tyrell Terry. That's a bunch. There's a lot of this is a guard heavy draft. Like to me, if the Knicks don't come out of this draft with a guard, 
I, I, I would, I would literally just lose my mind because you, there's no excuse not to come out with a, with a guard. You got, you got a, an eighth pick, you got 20th pick, you got 38th pick. You got to come out with a guard in this draft. And to me at the top, you got to find one of those guards. So to me, you know, if Killian's there, you go take Killian. I know Toppin would be a good fit because, you know, he's, he, to me, he's the most NBA, you know, NBA ready player. His offense is, is impact. He, he could be the second best player on the Knicks right now, you know, if he's on the team. But to me, I, I you know, Kyra, if Kyra's there, I'm um, not Kyra. If, if, uh, if Killian's there, take Killian. Cause to me, he has, he, to me, he's an all-star. He, he, he gives me um, Goran Dragic vibes with a little bit of uh, D'Angelo Russell. Like I think they're like that. That's what I see with him, and all the people I've talked to, they they get a lot of those those Dragic vibes. And listen, Dragic is a hell of a player, you know. So people might like, oh, that's Dragic. I was like, guys, Dragic is a is a good player. Like if Miami had a healthy Dragic, you know, we might be talking different, you know. So, you know about the you know what happened in, in the finals, but Dragic, you know, the Dragic and, and you know a little bit of, of Russell vibes. You know, I, I I love Killian Hayes, you know. So to me. Killian, if not, if he's gone, to me, Kyra or Hal Burton, you know, you got to come out with one of those two. But point guard, you got to get one of these point guards at top because, you know, to me, that that helps that helps the start of getting things back in, in track. And to me, RJ would be going crazy if he gets one of these guards because they're all pretty good passers too. So that I think you got to get one of those point guards. I would love for them to get Killian Hayes. I love I, – I, I said I – said, well, so good. Like John shocked. I would love for them to get Killian Hayes. I love Kyra Lewis. I think that's the most realistic. I think that, yeah, agreed. That's why. But if Killian does drop, you got to take Killian because I think he's got the highest upside for like a player. And, you know, hearing the comps of Drogic and D'Lo put together and people who don't know how Drogic was on the Suns, it's so out then. You don't even know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that I would love to take Killian. I don't think he drops past Detroit, though. If he's. Nah. I think he's gone by Atlanta. I don't think Atlanta would pass up on him, you know, if he's there. Really? Yeah, I think he doesn't get past Atlanta. Would take him? I think Atlanta would take him, yeah. I've heard a lot of I've heard a lot of Atlanta, him, trade. I think, you know, uh, I've heard a lot of those, you know, those rumors to Atlanta too. So, I mean, I, I don't think he gets I don't think he gets to the Knicks. So, but, uh, yeah, I've heard Atlanta, you know, Detroit. <laughs> Detroit should trade up to get him, to, if I'm honest. Detroit should try to trade up and get him. Because they they need talent, <laughs> they need talent. They don't have a lot of talent on that team, so they should definitely try to trade up and get him. But yeah, I've heard some Atlanta stuff. The Bulls, I've heard too. You know, I've heard a lot of Chicago Bulls with, with Killian. But you know, it, it's it's all smoke. It's a lot of smoke screens too, because we don't know. <laughs> this draft is is it's so it's I've never seen a draft where it's so wide range of where guys can go. Like, we don't know who's the number one pick. Usually, we know. All right, this guy. You know, we usually know the first couple picks, right? In, in most years. This year, I'm like, I have no clue who's going number one. <laughs> no clue. It could be LaMelo, but then I can see LaMelo dropping to the Knicks at eight. You know, I don't think it's going to happen, but it, it's, I don't know where guys are going to go. Like, we have a, a, a feel of, like, which guys are going to go top, but I don't know where. It, it, it's just, it's one of the craziest drafts I've, <laughs> I, you know, I, we, we've ever had, like, as far as just the wide range of guys can go. So, it, it's it's crazy, man. Yeah, uh, Alex, I'm definitely shocked because Kyra uh, Lewis has been your boy. But I, I definitely got what you're saying. That's who you think is going to be available because you think Killian Hayes uh, will be taking earlier. It's funny you guys mentioned Atlanta. I think that Atlanta is going to – whoever Atlanta drafts is going to be 
the person that was higher on our board. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we have the same needs. And I feel like whoever they draft is going to be, I mean, just like before, you know, before the players come out, right? Before we can attach the names to it. So I'll say it now. Their player is going to be way better than our player. And it's just going to be like just those couple of picks, you know, um, that made the difference, which was like that March win for us, that last one before. And I really think that is going to make a difference. I don't think it's going to be drastic. And, like, hopefully, it'll, you know, we'll see how it happens. But just from the mock drafts and from the team uh, perspective, it seems like we both have the same players in mind, whether it's Killian or whether, you know, whether it's Lewis or whether it's – you guys mentioned a little bit Obi. I, I I know he seems scary to everyone. I don't know why people are so scared about him. I know, and, and it's kind of weird, right? And is it maybe they know something that we don't know? You know what I mean? And maybe that's why it's out there. Or maybe there's just smokescreen city right now. And they're just people are just trying to get him to drop. Definitely smokescreen because if Because if Killian... Really, my question is if Killian Hayes, Lewis, and a guy we... Vassell, we haven't even mentioned him. If they're all sitting there, let's put Obi. And I'm not going to put Okuro there because how can all those guys, you know, be... Yeah, (laughs) there's something wrong if all those guys are there at eight. (laughs) Let's say Okuro's gone, right? Like, who who are the Knicks drafting, I guess, is is my question for you. And who... Who do you think the Knicks will get? And who is, like, the guy you get, you're going to be like, damn. Like, really? Like, did we really get that guy right now? I'm just curious, like, before it happens, right? Because this is, like, the last... This is our last stand before the draft right now. Because for me, I have have this crazy feeling that it's going to be Vassell. Right? And we're going to be talking about that Marcus Camby shot for the rest of our lives. Right? And it's either going to be, like, a, like a fraud thing that came out. or Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I know. Or it's going to be like, oh, we should have known. Like, if anything ever happens to him, it's gonna be, we should have known. So Vassell just feel, and also, he kind of is a Tibbs guy. You know what I mean? Like, we keep talking about all these things, but, like, our head coach, like, he wants that guy that's going to play D. Like, he could, he could pull, shoot, too. Yeah, exactly. Pull up a shot from the corner. Like, kind of like what Amari Stoudemire was like, was, like, went to bed hoping and dreaming that he could do. And then he'd come out and shoot those corner shots that would just never fall. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's his shot. And he he really does feel like a mini Amari Stoudemire to me, personally. Um, so he, he does feel like a Tibbs guy. So for me, I feel like Vassell is going to be the guy. And I feel like everyone's going to be very upset about it. I wouldn't be upset. I don't know why people would be upset at that. I mean, a guy who could defend, which is like, yeah. And then he could shoot from the outside. Why? I mean. Because no point guard. No point guard. Like, you, know, you, know, you know what I mean? Now, and now we're going to be towards the end. Now we don't have another guard. And so that's what, you know. That's what we're worried about. I'm also going to throw it up uh, before Alex, you go. I'm also going to throw in Halliburton into that mix too. Okay. So imagine that Halliburton's also available because he's interesting to me. I know Minnesota likes him, and I could see Minnesota going there, or I could see Atlanta going there too, and me being like, ah, oh, Halliburton and Trey Young is going to be so nasty. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm just like wondering uh, where you guys uh, think because that's that's like I guess the only scenario I could possibly see for the Knicks, like having. At best, those five guys staring at us. You know what I mean? For sure. And, you know, you said Vassell. I think I would still be happy if we got Vassell. I think most Knicks fans would be happy because 3 and D wing, we need a good solid wing. I think he's also NBA ready. You put He'll be in a starting rotation. Not I won't say starting rotation, but he'd be in a rotation ready to go. He's playing. Him 
You'll, you'll have him playing defense. Dude's high energy, especially for a wing that gets averages a block a game in college. That's wild. Mm-hmm. I find that to be a, a true, like, low-key aspect about him. You know, I put, I put, I put it out in my, uh, my recent piece for the Knicks' top three eighth-round pick selections, and it was Okoro, Vassell, and then Kyra, just based on what's been happening recently. But Vassell will be fine. Halliburton? Oh, God, I don't hate Halliburton. That's that's the one I'll scratch my head at. That's the one I'll really scratch because we do not have the guy. We don't have the guys that he needs to connect to. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, get it to RJ. And now we get it to who? That's just what I'm trying to, to think about. That's what I'm thinking about. I don't know who you would work that with. Um, yeah, he's not as uh, dynamic as like Cairo or Killian would be. So I, I can understand the fit not being the best for the Knicks. Yeah, for sure. Like if we had two guys, like if we were in a situation like Boston where we had – a Jalen Brown or a Jason Tatum, and we're like, we need someone who can knows when to get it to each guy. Yo, get me Halliburton every single day, mm-hmm. times over. But that's not our case. And to answer your question, John, even if we don't take uh, a guard with the eighth pick, we have the twenty seventh, and you got a couple guys like Tyrell Terry who could be there, or Malachi Flynn. Um, yeah, that's what I think. And and Chris, what do you think about that? Then, what do you think about taking a guard with the twenty seventh pick? I mean, my thing is. My thing is, like, I wouldn't take the risk because you might, you know, uh, yes, it is a deep draft, but to me, you go get your guy. Like, if they're all in on, on Kyra or they're all in on, I know they like Hayes a lot, go get him. Like, if you think he's going to be that game, go get him. Let, let's not wait all oh, we can get a point guard at, at 27 that might be a good rotational piece. Like, yes, because the draft, the draft is deep at guard, but to me, you go get you go get you know Hayes if you think he's the guy go get him go get him if he's there you just you run to the podium you take him you don't you know, hesitation but like I said it is a very deep draft so if they do take a Vassell with it which I wouldn't be mad at because like I said a 3 and D guy who could shoot and I know people are freaked out when they saw that five seven second clip and then you know it obviously and I and I watched it and I was like you know this can't be this can't be like his form where he changed it to. It has to be because he was doing something. He was just messing with a shot. And then it came out that he was just messing with a shot to, from three point range. And cause it was, a, it was, it looked like it was a fairly deep shot too. So I'm like, all right, maybe he's just adding something, you know, because it's deeper. He's just working on his range. And then that, and that's what it kind of, it came out to be that he's just working on his range. It's not his set shot. Like, you know, cause I think he would be, you know, because you saw Nick's Twitter went crazy. Like it was a hot story. Like, oh, I can't, we can't, he's off by so people say he's off the board. Like they wouldn't take it with the with sick with you know in the top 60. It's like, all right, guys, let's relax. Obviously, if it wasn't whoever posted the video should be fired. Let's be fair, because that 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 can hurt a player, even if they're just messing around. That should not have to be even put out because that could just hurt your stock. So whoever posted that video, you know, you know, that's just bad. You know, if I was his trainer or, or if I was his boy or whoever, you know, cause I'm sure he didn't tell anyone to post it. Somebody posted thinking, oh, look at him. He's working the gym. And then you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What is, why, why is he caught? Cause he already has that type of shot where it's, where it's kind of, you know, cocking back a little bit, but he went like full, like, <laughs> and it's like, you know, when you're messing around the gym and you're just shooting through, like, it was like, that's like, oh, whoa, 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 what is that? So it, it was scary for a little bit. I, I, when you said that, I and mean, you actually like, and I was like, all right, he had to be messing around, just, just working on something. And then we found that it was so, you know, uh, good, good uh, control damage they did, you know, because that could have really hurt because 
you know, uh, you know, people definitely were getting scared. But you know, if they take if they take the sell, I think that. But like I said, with the twenty seventh, there's a lot. Like I said, there's a lot of good point guards. I mean, you got a uh, uh, Cassius Winston from Michigan State, who's a veteran. You know, I know people look at him like, oh, nah, man, he's just a, you know, out of shape, you know, guard who can't has no no athleticism and all that. But he won. He won at Michigan State. You know, he beat that Duke team with RJ, Zion, Cam, all those guys. He beat with Trey Jones. He beat those. So, I mean, there's, there's like, say, Tyrell Terry. I don't think Tyrell Terry will make there or, like, Grant Riller makes it all the way to 27. They might have to move up if that's the case, you know, if one of all those guys do. But, I mean, uh, you got Dotson from Kansas, who's who's good. Um, you know, uh, Tyshawn <laughs> Alexander. There's some guy, Trey Jones. There's some guys. But to me... Go get go get one of those top three four guards. You know, you know. Yeah. To me, that's the that's the because it, it would be a risk because now with you know those other guards more like those are good pieces rotational pieces guys you you know that could come off the bench. To me, Killy and Cairo, those guys have potential to to be that your franchise point guard. I just wouldn't pass up on that. And you know, it's a need, but it's also they could be there. You know, uh, I'm sure they're high on their boards. So I, I would most I would rather the Knicks just go that route and, and, and do that. But if they don't, there's still some good guards later in the first round that they could definitely scoop up. Even if they do take a guard at eight, take another one. Just get guards. Just get a guys who you know just good players. If Grant Real is there at 27. He could shoot the lights out the ball. Just keep adding shooters. Just keep adding. Just add good players. Just add talent to this roster. They got to add good people who are good at basketball to this team. You know, at the end of the day, you can't get too picky with the Knicks because, you know, they don't have the luxury of like some teams like Golden State has the luxury. They can literally take whoever they want, whoever they feel like, you know, you know, they could take whoever. But the Knicks, you know, they don't have that luxury. So they just got to get good players. But But honestly, I think getting point guard at eight, or, you know, uh, they got to get one of those point guards, you know, for me, you know, uh, so because I think those guys can potentially be franchise level point guards. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally agree with you. And my whole thing is towards the end of the draft, uh, into the first round, not the draft, I I, um, I really want like an RJ Hampton or a Tyrese Maxey if we kind of, you know, upside guys. A little, yeah, like move up a little bit there or, you know, Bane. I really, I really like Bane, like one of the, and I want one of those guys, and I don't want to be like desperate, like dying, you know what I mean? Like, no, we need a guard now because we got Vassell, for example, mm-hmm. um, in the beginning. But two things: one, I'm, I'm gonna again, I'm gonna keep my expectations. I, I'll say realistic. What I really th- see happening for the Knicks is <laughs> like us getting like DJ Augustine and Mike Conley running the point. Right, and then in the draft, I see us getting like a Vassell and like a Desmond Bain, you know what I mean, and then like and then seeing what happens in the second round, and like that, you know, and just like kind of being like, you know, kind of bland, but kind of building, you know, a foundation where wherein you can grab that veteran point guard eventually and stick him in. That's like one route. What I really, I think, would be the most interesting, of course, would be the Killian Hayes factor. That'd be awesome, or the or the Kyra Kyra Lewis would be all would just be like fun to watch, see what happens. Kyra Lewis kind of feels to me like a little bit of the, not 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 the way he plays or anything, just like the sentiment around him, kind of like Donovan Mitchell was during that draft for the Knicks, where it was just like a guy that was like kind of floated out there, you know, like the Knicks are interested, Knicks are interested, but it was never like as serious as the other guys, 
And then as soon as he, you know, blew up, it was like, oh, how did things pass on him? We had that. So for some reason, <laughs> Kyra Lewis just feels like that guy to me. Okay. And uh, and Vassell feels like a solid Nick, just Nick guy. But uh, just because I like to uh, give the people some interesting lines and um, they have some dra- they have some FanDuel draft uh, props, and I, I think you guys would be interested in it. So for the number eight overall pick, they don't put the team on it. So the number eight overall pick, Killian Hayes, is plus 320. Uh, Vassell is plus 570. And nobody else, uh, Hal Burns plus 300, but there's nobody else uh, that we talked about uh, that's available there. Uh, one of the really interesting NBA draft parlays that I saw, and I think it's pretty much a guarantee, and I'll, I'll, I'll stamp my name on it right now. Um, Okuro, Vassell, and Hayes all draft in the top 10. That's plus 184. Okay. Not, put 100 bucks, win 184. That's not a bad thing to uh, keep an eye out on. But for the Knicks, uh, Darren Vassell plus five seventy at number eight. That's 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 not a bad uh, that's not a bad choice. Killian Hayes plus three twenty is a little bit risky, um, which doesn't make sense because it's better odds. Because I don't see him going past Atlanta like you guys uh, have talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's pretty much it. Lamelo is a plus twenty five hundred at number eight. That's a whole interesting one. But uh, that's pretty much uh, it for there. Okay, interesting. Well, we'll see what happens later this week with the draft. I know we're all excited. Um, clearly, Chris just sees I'm a big Kyra fan, so he's just trying to, you know, give me my little gold star every time he comes on here. <laughs> but no, actually, I think I think you know uh, to to end it off on this. We have Walt Perrin, the guy who drafted Donovan Mitchell, and if rumors are c- circling around Kyra that you're feeling, John, I wouldn't be surprised if they take him. So we'll see. We'll see later this week what happens. But that will end our Knicks segment right now. We'll take a short break, and we'll come back to wrap it up with the et cetera. All right, everyone, and we're back from listening to John's beautiful voice about Anchor. So, John, what do we got for et cetera today? <laughs> What's up, Alex? For et cetera today, since we got Chris on, um, who I believe his, uh, his draft board uh, has come out today, right, as you're listening to uh, this podcast. So um, we're going to talk about a little bit of the the top of the draft. Um, We got rumors circulating everywhere. It's officially smokescreen season. I mean, the the trade deadline is open. Like, everyone's going everywhere. Um, Alex, you have have a little little, uh, LaMelo rumor for us up up in your hood? Up in the bean town? Don't call this my hood. (laughs) (laughs) New Yorker. I'm a New Yorker through and through. All right. I believe. Oh, right, you're from you live in Bo- you live in that area. Oh yeah, that's tough. <laughs> you know, let me tell you something. It's not bad being a Knicks fan out here. No one really cares about the Knicks. Yeah, that's not the bad. It's the Yankees, right? Jets and Yankees are like <laughs> top two taboos. Like I got mocked for wearing my Jets jacket up here. I was at Trader Joe's. The guys like it was a season the Jets went ten and six with uh, Fitz Magic, and the guys like you wearing a Jets j- uh, jacket. I was like, yeah, they're actually like with a winning record right now. They're like. <laughs> We'll see how long that lasts. I was like, wow, getting getting attacked in the checkout line for Trader Joe's. Wild out here. And then for the Yankees, they just don't want to see that. They don't want to see that logo whatsoever. But it's it's, di- it's died down. It's not what it used to be where people would just like beat you randomly on the street, uh, especially uh, the people out there in Saudi. I know who love their Red Sox. But the Knicks are safe here. The Knicks are safe here. So according to 
uh, Jenny Liu, one of the one of our contributors over at Hoops Habit, colleague of mine, she sent us in our in our Slack channel images of Lamelo Ball hooping at Tufts University out here in Massachusetts. I don't know if it's with the Celtics. We don't know if it's with the Celtics, but he's out here hooping, like doing some uh, doing some workouts. So interesting. You're not out here unless it's probably for the Celtics, unless you know there's like I, I know Massachusetts has been very uh, protective with the regulations of uh, COVID-19. So he was out here. Uh, I don't know what that means. Maybe the Celtics are trying to make a big move for a guard to replace Kemba. Who knows? We all know they're trying to trade their draft picks to move up in the draft. I would be shocked, honestly, if they made such a drastic move to move up that high to go get Lamella Ball. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's it's always interesting, right? When we got the, the early draft rumors uh, about the practices and whatnot, but Honestly, the Celtics when when they have a conviction on a player, like they they grab that player. So I'm always weary of honestly of the Celtics in the in the draft. Ainge knows what he's doing. Um, another guy that they floated uh, trade rumor for them is Gordon Hayward, right? Who uh, hasn't really worked out, and the Celtics have been kind of better without him, eh, you know, ish. Um, and they could definitely use that money off the books. So that's uh, one guy who is rumored for them to trade. Another guy that they're rumored to want to move up to draft, if it's not as high as Lamelo, is Pat Williams, right? Who, who is uh, I know that Chris off off the off the ball was kind of going a little bit um, on the raw side for Patrick Williams, which kind of reminded me of Jalen Brown. Which I don't know if you want to get into. Which like we like when the when the Celtics were like, yeah, yeah, Jalen Brown, he's gonna be the best. We're like, what are you talking about, right? <laughs> like, and, and then like mm-hmm. I, like saw him evolve into the kind of player that I guess they envisioned at first. Um, but even the Tatum, right? Everyone was like staring at all these other players, like Lonzo, this, that, Markel Fultz. They're like, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll trade you down, no problem. We got our guy, and we all thought they were like BSing, right? And then it turned out Tatum was clearly the best out of all of them. You know what I mean? And it's not even close. So I'm always scared of the Celtics uh, and that. So I'm curious as to what you guys think of uh, Pat Williams a little bit and also where you think the bottom for LaMelo is uh, in the t- in the draft. Like where 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 is there's no way he's getting past? Because I know the Knicks are at eight and there's no chance he's getting past eight. But I don't even think he's getting to eight. Right, so where do you think where do you think is like the absolute uh, bottom for Lamelo? And you see the Celtics making this crazy trade. It's not a very Boston like move to to take a like especially like Lamelo, uh, like. And I've heard like we've all heard the rumors that they you know possibly be trading up, but for Lamelo, I just that doesn't really make that much sense. And for, and for Pat Williams, I wouldn't I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't trade up assets to go get Pat Williams personally. You know. Like it's, and like we talked, you know, off the the show is, you know, he's a, he's an intriguing prospect. Like he's built like a tank. Like he's literally chiseled. Like he 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 looks like a modern day player. He's built like a modern player. He has the body, but you know, he's still super raw. He's super raw. So you're you're projecting. This is a pro- and you're gonna do this with a lot of guys in this draft. You're gonna project because it's you know we didn't see a complete season for a lot of these guys, and especially for the freshmen where you didn't see that much games. So uh, 
it's it's you're gonna have to project a Patrick Williams if you think he's gonna be that dude, because you just look at his his physical traits and you're just like, okay, we put him put him in Boston, you know, with with the guys we have, he can excel and he could you know because he could do some stuff defensively too that can add to Boston's defense. But uh, it's it's he's still a project. He's still got things to work on offensively, especially you know shooting wise and all that. So that that would be you know uh, a, a you know I wouldn't see Boston doing that, but who knows, man? Who who knows what's gonna happen? And, and Lamelo, man. I mean, I I don't see why Boston would do that. But as far as like how like I think he doesn't get past Detroit. Like like I think there's no way he gets past Detroit. Like if Detroit, if he's there with Detroit. Detroit takes him like because at this point they just like you said they just need players so they don't care they'll deal with LeVar and all that and all that other stuff over Killian right you think I mean that's tough but I think they would do just because he would bring so much you know it's all this is a business too right we all know this is a business and as much as I think I, I like Killian over LaMelo LaMelo is going to bring people in the seats because and Detroit needs that, right? They need that 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 oomph. You know, they they've struggled with attendance and all that, and they like I said, all they have is a injured Blake Griffin right now, and they don't have much. So you know, adding a mellow things, people gonna want to see that. People want to see all that and 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 what that brings with 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 uh, Big Baller. You know, because you know Lavar is gonna come in. He's gonna have his antics, and that's just gonna be you know Detroit's gonna get a little bit more loving and in the in the media and all that. So Detroit might just be really look at that as a business thing and just be like, you know, we may not be crazy about him as the player, but hey, we we gotta attract people to the seat. Whenever we get people back <laughs> into the seats, we gotta be able to 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 get the you know to come to games. And uh, you know, Lamelo does bring that. He, he's He's a, he's a, he's a, an exciting player. He's a, you know, he's like this, it's just crazy how much attention he brings and whether for good or bad, he brings attention. And so a lot of these teams just need that, you know? And uh, if, if Cleveland didn't have Garland and Sexton, I would be like, all right, he's not jabbing past Cleveland, but Cleveland has, and they got Kevin Porter Jr. So, you know, they don't need another point guard that just doesn't make sense. Unless they're not high on Sexton or, or, or Garland, but I don't see that happening. But I don't, I don't see him getting past seven. I think Detroit needs that spark. You know, uh, the, you know, I think Lamella will help drive ticket sales, jersey sales. They need that. They need that spark. So I, I just don't see him getting past Detroit at all. And uh, hopefully, it's not one of those situations where the Knicks are just one pick away from getting their guy, and, and that guy becomes a, a superstar. We all know, you know, Steph Curry is a pick away, and then we end up with Jordan Hill, and you know, the rest is history. So, you know, uh, so let's hope that's not the case. But you know, I don't see him getting past Detroit. Like Detroit, you know, they would be silly to not take him <laughs> with the, everything going on with that franchise. And, and the, the, you know, they're just as dysfunctional as the Knicks, if not worse. They just don't get enough. The media just, it's just not the cool thing to do in the media is, is, is trash on Detroit, you know, because they have, you know, but uh, yeah, I don't see him getting past Detroit. They, they need, they need that, they need that umph in that franchise. So I don't see him getting past there. No slander to the city, but it's Detroit, you know. Detroit, the, the Pistons, <laughs> the basketball team. <laughs> exactly. No slander to Detroit. We're talking about pit, the Pistons. I mean, you guys had it in 04. Cool. You guys won. They also won recently. Like, we have not won since the 70s. Let's let's be real. Um, but I just can't see – I can't – like, I agree with you, Chris. I can't see Lamelo dropping past the Pistons. But if the Celtics are working them out and they want to trade all three of their picks that they have this year because they can't – use all three of those guys, I can see them. They're definitely trading. I agree. They're definitely, they're not keeping all three of those picks. They're definitely doing something. 
I don't know if this has been talked about, and it probably has, but if they trade with the Hawks, they trade back with the Hawks, they trade up with the Hawks, they're like, yo, Hawks, take our three picks, we'll take your one. And if Lamelo drops that far, yo, that's I would be that would be insane. That would be that would talk. I also think Minnesota is looking to move around, especially if they like Halliburton. He's falling, you know what I mean? And the Celtics are calling, uh, like that, like why not? Like or or like multiple move downs for Minnesota. Like they definitely want to trade down. They definitely want to trade down. Nobody wants to trade up. That's the problem. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Nobody wants to trade in a draft like this where everyone's all over. Nobody's going to want to trade up. But that's the thing. Boston is willing to do it because they can only take one. They can't take three. You know what I mean? They're the one team that might want, like you said, agreed. They might want to do it because they, you know, they're a win now team. They might think Lamella or whoever can help them, you know, you know, take that next step. So they're the one team I can see trading, but everyone else is kind of like everyone just wants to trade down in this draft. For sure. I I, I see Boston being that team that just come because you know what, like what it would cost the Knicks to move up. Would be insane, but for Boston, they'd be like, "Yo, we got three picks this year. You want all three? Mm-hmm. And if you want to move down, why not?" So yeah, but I don't even know if it would be for Lamelo. Like, what about Onyeka and Kongu or or Wiseman? Because they need a, they kind of need to upgrade the bigs because Reggie Tice is a nice, solid piece, right? Solid. But you saw what happened in the Miami series, right? They he was getting bullied. He was getting bullied, and, and so they they might think look at Wiseman, who's the ultimate wild card in this draft is we really don't know much because he's only played three games. I think the one game was against like Michigan state. So when he played one real game against real competition. So he's kind of like that enigma. Like we don't know, like he could be that super, that next level big. That's like, cause he's, he's great in space transition. He's built like another guy built like a tank, you know? So maybe they, they're moving up to try to get one of those guys. Cause I think that, Getting a big like one of those two bigs would be tremendous for for Boston and definitely helped them more than getting Lamelo. So, I agree with you, Chris. I agree. And like you got Onyeka Onkongwu from the USC, right? And you also they can also just stay back in like the teens and the twenties and try out a Jalen Smith too, right? Jalen Smith would be a home. That's another good. Yep, agree. And I, I like Jalen Smith. And That's honestly, good. if we're talking about teams and like right now for hoops habit. We've all most of us have just expanded covering teams. I cover now the the Nuggets and the Celtics for the Nuggets. You know, some guys that they're probably looking at is uh, Green from uh, Arizona. Josh Green, yeah, good. yeah, Josh Green. You got Jalen Smith from Maryland for, who will be around there. You know, they need help with Jokic because we saw what Anthony Davis did to him mm-hmm. uh, in the playoffs. And another one is uh, Tyrese Maxey. Maxey's been on the board too for uh, for the Nuggets. So these are all interesting guys. Bro, come on, bro. That's our guy, dude. What are you doing over there? <laughs> I, I'm I'm sorry. We have the CAA Kentucky connection, yeah, so no one can leave. That the, the, that that's what we got. Ah, come on, dude. What are you doing? What are you doing with the Nuggets over there? We're on to you, Alex. We're on to you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. We'll take we'll take a manual quickly with uh, the 38th pick. <laughs> <laughs> But I think I actually think I think those two guys, Maxi, because they're get, they they got to worry about uh, Gary Harris and uh, Monte Morris uh, yeah. out in uh, out in Denver. You know those two guys, their their deals are going to be up between 2021, 2022, and and Dozier as well. Uh, they might need somebody else to help work with uh, Jamal Murray in the backcourt just to alleviate stuff. And it's not like Maxi's like a true point guard, but he can he's a gamer, bro. Like you put him on the side next to Jamal, it's like yo, 
Let me get my open space. You do some work. Let's see. You're a tank. You can finish. He can finish with both hands. Goes attacks into the paint. Take contact. Dude's a bruiser. Solid defender too. Solid defender too. Oh man, dude, that dude is a crazy defender. He he's killing people on defense, man. Mm -hmm. He can get around screens really quickly. He reads it very well. He can communicate. Dude is quick. He's got he's got the mobility to be a really good defender too, which is what the Nuggets need. I it's it's between him and Jalen Smith in my mind. I don't know why you'd want to take a wing because they're they're set at wings. Uh, right now in Denver. Although I know that um, what's his name, uh, Jeremy Grant is up. Free agent, yeah, yeah, he's a free agent. He's gonna want money too. He had a really good bubble, so he's gonna want to get paid. And I think the Nuggets can pay him. I think they would pay him. I don't see why they wouldn't. They 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 need him honestly. Like he he's a difference maker, man. He was doing he some, helped. He was doing some good work against LeBron and uh, yeah, yeah. and Anthony Davis. Not we're not talking shutting down, but. Giving him a little bit of a problem to score is always a big thing to do. And then you also have Paul Millsap, who they have to decide on. I know he's a power forward, but he's an undersized power forward. You got Michael Porter Jr. And you got, uh, I think it's uh, Will Barton, right? Yeah, you got Barton and what? They got uh, uh, Bobo. Bobo's Bull, in Denver, too? Yeah, he. but he's a center. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he's a center, yeah, yeah. And I guess that's where I'm kind of like leaning that they would take Maxi, right? Like, if you have big when you're hoping... They can definitely upgrade at the at the two because Gary Harris. I mean, he he kind of is what he is at this point in his career. Like we, everyone wanted him to like. To, everyone thought he was gonna take that next step, that next step, and we just never really saw. It. I know he's battled some injuries and stuff, but you know, adding a maxi to to with, with Jamal Murray. I mean, you're asking for firepower on offense. You know, <laughs> for Denver. That Bain there too, man. I think Bain would be nice in Denver. Bain fits everywhere. He <laughs> that he's one of the the players that fits any. If you. Every team needs shooting. He literally fits everywhere because he is a tremendous off the ball, on the ball. He's just the way he moves, and, and you know he's perfect anywhere. He's him and uh, and um, who's the other? Naismith, the two best shooters in this draft. To me, you know you're gonna see he, they're gonna go on on a, one of these veteran like teams, and they're just gonna eat. They're just gonna cook. They're just gonna kill it. So Bain and, and Naismith, you know, especially Bain, they fit everywhere. I agree. Preach, Chris. Just preach, bro. Because that is shooting, that shooting, shooting, shooting. Like the Knicks should be going after like those guys in that twenty. Even if they got to trade up a little bit, I would. If if you can, if they, if it's reasonable and you can get a Bain or Naismith and have to move up a little, couple couple picks and package the thirty eighth pick, I would do it. I would do it because you need shooting. And those guys are the Naismith and Bain are the two best shooters in this draft. You need to add shooting with RJ, especially if you take a point guard at the top pick, add shooting. You can't, <laughs> those are the two best shooters in the draft. They're, they're just lights out from, from deep. So I'm all for getting those guys. For sure. Uh, Chris, I got a question for you though. What do you, do you, or everyone actually, John, Chris, are we in agreement that Wiseman is going to the, to the Warriors? Can, can we just agree with that? If I had to say, yeah, I, I, if I had to bet right now, I, I would say, yeah. Yeah, if the draft is set the way it is right now with absolutely no movements, Wiseman to the Warriors makes the most sense. However, you know what makes way more sense to me? The Warriors doing something crazy and just changing it up get in, and getting rid of that pick and, like, really changing the Warriors. Like, I don't know how they're – I didn't – Personally, didn't uh, look into their books too well, but like, what if they added Kevin Love? You know what I mean? Like for that pick, you know, if, if they're able to manage that, where now they have like Kevin Love and you know and Green just chilling, you know, instead of a Wiseman who they who they don't really want, like a young guy 
kind of like on the LeBron plan. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because of these late, you know, because these injuries to Clay and Steph. So now they're like, okay, we actually do have a clock that's ticking. It's, this isn't going to go on forever. So, like, maybe we should get on this, like, LeBron plan. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you. Wiseman to the Warriors, like, sign me up. I would bet. I would bet that if it was to stand, the problem if they stay put. Yes, if they stay. Yeah, put, yeah. betting it is like it's kind of tough right now mm-hmm. at the top. But I'll throw I'll throw a question back at you guys. Um, like, how do you think the top three is gonna fall out? Because like nobody's talking about Ant. You like Chris? You brought it up. No one's talking about like oh the guaranteed number one pick. But you know what's the most odd to me about this? entire thing is nobody even wants to say the name in like edwards like what's going he's on? probably the most guaranteed guy to go top three <laughs> i don't understand like nobody wants to say the the, the name and like edwards like i i have no idea why and I, I it almost for me like solidifies the w for him like he's gonna be the easily the best player in this draft and if i could bet money that's what i would bet like easily the number one player at least out of the top five or ten is gonna be him mm-hmm. um I do think if like Desmond Bain ends up on the Miami Heat, he could literally be like one of the top players in the NBA. We don't want that. We, we don't need Miami to get more shooters like that. <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to like make that sort of conviction because it definitely fit matters. But like I do think Anthony Edwards is going to be an absolute like killer. And I just want to know from you guys: one, do you think he's number one? Uh, like, so do you think it's going to definitely be? Edwards, Mello, Wiseman, I guess. But, like, I'm more curious about where you where you stand with Edwards. Is he guaranteed one? And where do you think is the farthest he'd fall, if not one? I think I would take him number one. If, if, I'm, the, if I'm the Minnesota GM, I think, I, I think he's the number one pick. And as far as drop, I think Charlotte is probably praying that he drops to three, that if he's there at three. Uh, I, I don't see the fit that much with Golden State. Because to me, like, if they stay put, I think it's Wiseman. But I wouldn't be surprised if they trade back and go take Tyrese Halliburton. Because then you can have the ball in his hands. And now you can have Steph Clay moving off the ball. Uh, that's, that's scary. <laughs> They're moving around, you know, and that's great. And then you got Wiggins, too. Like, that, that could be really – with Draymond, too. Like, that could be really scary, like – Knowing them, they're moving around. How are you going to guard two guys that are just moving around like crazy? And you get Halliburton, who's a great playmaker. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they do something like that and trade back down. But to me, Edwards, like, I think it, you don't hear his name so much because I feel like people just know, like, all right, he's going to be top three. Like, it's just pretty set in stone, whether it's one, whether it's two, three. Like, it's set in stone. Like, he's the most guaranteed as guaranteed picks, like, as far as where he's going to go. Like, he's going to go top three. And to me, Charlotte they're just praying that he drops to three because they need, they're another team that needs spark, right? They lost their star Campbell last year. They need to add. And, and I like what they're doing. The PJ Washington, you know, they got Graham, you know, they add some pieces, but they can use that, that next level guy. And he can be that next level guy as far as talent and all that. Like he, he's so gifted and he's so athletic and all that. And what he can do possibly being a good defender at the next level, you know? So I think he doesn't get past three for sure. But like you say, like you said, like it's crazy. Like you don't hear a lot of people talking about him. But I think that's because it's pretty much set. He's gonna go top three. I think it's whether it's one or three. I think. But I, if I'm Minnesota, I take him at one, uh, and uh, and and I'll be I'll be pretty happy if he, if I'm Minnesota with him uh, with the number one pick. 
Yeah, Chris, I agree with you, man. Like, I, I think it's solid that we know that he's going to go within top three, top five. And it makes more sense for him to go to the Hornets, especially if they're trying to get Westbrook. They already have guards, you know, even with Malik Monk and Terry Rozier. They need someone at the wing position that they can utilize at this point. But, you know, in all honesty, I don't think Edwards is like, I know he's like going to be projected to be in the top, like top three, top five, but I just don't think he's going to be like, that guy that everyone is like five, 10 years down the road, be like, Oh yeah. Like everyone knew it was Anthony Edwards this entire time. Who's going to be great. I think he's going to be like a good player. I think it'll be a solid, you know, the concern is like, he loses focus on defense. He can score though. He gets a little mm-hmm. tunnel vision though. And it's not really the type of playmaker you shot want. Making needs to improve, yeah. yeah. And his shot making needs to improve too. Like, so there's a lot of stuff that he, that he still needs to work on, but I think he is solidified just because, Wings are just coveted in this league. It's not. It's not. Not saying that guards aren't or bigs aren't. It's that everyone is talking about positionless basketball. You want wings, guys who are like six six to like six eight who can dribble the ball, right? Bring it up court and do all these things. Who can shoot, score in a multitude of fashions. And so that's why I think Edwards is kind of solidified, just because that position in general. You know, you don't hear about. Oh yeah, we had the point guard that won it all for us. It's like that wing player that really helped us take it over right even when we look at LeBron like he's been he was classified as a small forward for such a long time you know you think about Melo small forward he's a wing type player that's what I think Uh, I'm just not that high on Anthony Edwards to be uh, to be honest with everybody but I think that really I think that really covers it up with the draft right unless anyone else has got anything to say yeah, that covers it up, man. And it's tomorrow. Anyone have any crazy hot takes? Like anything crazy is about to happen tomorrow? Like um, that's out of the blue, like really hasn't been like reported all day long? Celtics move up to get uh, – they trade all three picks to move up into the top five. That's what I'm going to throw out there. Just because if we got guys like LaMelo Ball is working out there, I'm see- – like they're not they're not doing that. You're, like, you're not working out somebody for the, the thought of just like, I'm not going to try to make a move to go up somewhere. I think they're going to try to make a move. Okay, I agree. What I could definitely you? see. I could definitely see Boston doing something like because, like I said, I, they're not keeping all three picks. They're just not. They they're they're not one of these teams that just need to add picks to just add talent. They have the, they're 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 that close to being a championship team. So I think you know, unless they're thinking that one of these three, Lamelo and Yeka Wiseman, one of those guys can help put them over the top. I think they're they got something in the works for sure. I agree. And like their cap can't handle it either. Yeah. So, They're going to give a super max to freaking <laughs> to Jason Tatum soon. Like he's going to want, he's going to want 200, you know, $50 million. So it, it, it can't, it, it, they can't afford, you know, they can't keep all these picks. So I definitely see them doing something. If I'm going to be toxic, Nick's Twitter, future Nick, Jason Tatum, we're talking about, right? <laughs> There's no player I would rather want on the Knicks than Jason Tatum. I'm a Duke fan too. So I, I just, I have a, that's why I don't hate Boston that much because they have him. Cause he's just so much fun to watch. He's so, he's just so good. He's so gifted. He, he, he's literally, he's going to, I wouldn't be surprised if he's an MVP type player next few years. He's just so good. But if that's my dream in 2k, he's on the Knicks in 2k, he's on the Knicks, him, him, Anthony Davis and RJ's as an all-star. So if, if, if it works in 2k, then I think it could happen in real life, you know, oh. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, I'll, 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 I'll leave it up to Chris to close us off with his hottest take, but my two, uh, crazy things that I think are going to happen involve one team. Um, and it's the Rockets. I see a Rockets 
trade into the first round. It's I could see either or, and or both. Like I could see that both these things happen. I could see a Westbrook, you know, to New or uh, to uh, Charlotte, you know, the Jordan Brand player grabbing that nineteenth pick. Um, I mean, and, uh, grabbing that first round there from the Hornets, or I could see. I kind of spoiled it, but Harden going to the Nets for that 19th pick uh, and Levert throw in Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, and then then that pick that's a that's a that's a haul for for Harden and maybe like a next year first rounder or whatever two years because you can't trade consecutive. Um, I uh, those two things are I, the Hor- the Hornets Westbrook has kind of been rumored but hasn't really been talked about that much. I could I could see that happening on draft night, especially because. Jordan is not the best drafter, right? No. So, like, I could see him, like, pulling out of that draft and be like, you know what, we're going to get Westbrook. Like, we're good to go. You know what I mean? Like, you know, kind of, like, punt that way and a little bit of a solid guarantee. Plus, he's a Jordan Brand guy. Everything's good to go there. Um, and on Harden, I mean, he, I, Kyrie, Harden, KD in Brooklyn – Almost seemed like a guarantee to me. So that those are going to be my two hot takes. Alex is looking at me because he literally, his hate for the Nets actually gives me life because like the only person I know who dislikes the Nets more than Alex is my brother. Uh, but, but those are like the only people like my brother and Alex, only two people who are like so like huge Knicks fans that just like hate the Nets. And that's don't really bother me that much. Or just like. They're just like, you know, uh, they give me a chance to go see other teams play for cheap, you know. And there's the- I, miss, I miss when they were in New Jersey, though, to get $3 tickets. Tell yeah. me, that that was the best time to show uh, <laughs> That was the best of days. <laughs> Brooklyn's cheap. Like, it's just fun. Like, it's always like, oh, uh, one of, you know, back in the day it was, oh, one of the sons coming to town when Nash was there. Oh, okay. When is he coming to New Jersey, though? Because I'm trying to pay <laughs> bucks, not 900 to go to the <laughs> But that's like, you know. Exactly. Yeah, I'll just say like I'm just tired of everyone just trying to push the Nets as like the the Nets are going to take over New York City. It's like, okay, guy, yeah. okay. So just that's re- like I really haven't hated the team for like this long, but now it's just like amplified. And with but with Harden on that team, there's only one ball, man. I don't know how that all works with all three of those guys. <laughs> that's a tough. That's tough. But I wouldn't be surprised if they do something crazy like my that. mouth shut. Yeah, I, I I agree with you, Chris. I I, I can't. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do something nuts. So what, what's what's your hot take, Chris, to, to sign us off? My hot take is that the Bucks make a trade for Bradley Beal. I think they make because they have to. I think Giannis is going to stay because the supermax is. It's so hard to pass up on like eighty million dollars. Like that's really hard. Like yeah, like people say he can make. You can't make up eighty million dollars off the court like he's not at that he's not like a lebron level player where you could maybe make some of that up he's not at that level so i think bug the milwaukee bucks are going to try to do everything possible to keep him happy because they have to <laughs> you got to keep your star happy they have to they have no choice like they went the last few years was like okay like all right you know everything's going good like we were number one seed all right we lost it to toronto we blew a two-zero lead, but it's fine. We'll be back we'll, next year. We'll we'll do good. And then guess what happened? They got punked in the second round by Miami, by Miami, right? And so it's like, okay, now the pressure's on. I've been saying this for like since before the season. Like, if they don't get to the finals, at least the pressure's on. Guess what? They lost in the second round. Yes, I know everything is different, the bubble and all that, but they lost in the second round in five to Miami. So 
the pressure is on. Milwaukee's, I think they, they have to look at, I know it's going to be tough to get someone to come here without Giannis committing long-term, but I do think he will commit, you know, he may not stay the whole time in Milwaukee. He made the mandatory trade, which, which to me, I, I rather him, he should do something like that. Get your money. And then in a year they're, they're not doing it. Then demand a trade and, you know, do that. But because to me, that's too much money. I mean, $80 million off the table. That's a lot. But I think Brad, I think they make a push to go get Bradley Bill. And because uh, the Washington, they're another team. They're in that, that, that they might not even be a playoff team. We don't know what John Wall's going to be. Like they got some nice, like Rui Hachimura is a nice player. Like he could be a good player, but you know, we saw with Brad Bill with, with no one, like he, he, they were not a good basketball team, you know? And, you know, does he want to keep, you know, yes, it's cool to, thir- to score 30 points a game, but look, he didn't get all NBA. He didn't make the all-star team. Like, cause they don't care. Like you know, he did it in Washington and no one cared because like, Oh, we got 30 points a game for a team that didn't matter. So if you go to Milwaukee, add that, you know, they need shooting, you know, Bradley Beal has that, that toughness. He wants to take those shots. You know, I think that's something Milwaukee would do. And that that's my crazy hot take. I think Milwaukee goes and somehow gets, uh, gets Bradley Beal from Washington. Oh man, that is a big hot take. I would, well, that would be crazy. I'd love to see it. That's the, yeah. That they have to do something. They just can't look at their roster right now and be like, all right, Chris Middleton's our second best player. Like, like he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. Like 90, 54. Yeah, that's that's great. But is he really your can he really can you really win a championship with Middleton as your second? Now, if he's your third player, okay. But you know, being your second best player and then having Bledsoe, you know, as your third, and I always come back to this: losing Brogan was huge. Was, was absolutely yeah. losing Malcolm Brogdon was absolutely they should have figured a way to keep him you know uh, that was you know him picking Bledsoe over him I, I still don't I know he had the injuries and all that but to me he was so valuable to that team and I think if he's on this team right now I think we maybe we're talking something different in, in the playoffs because he's just that valuable with the shooting and his, his playmaking and all that but you know they, they decided to not you know keep him but yeah they got to do something they, 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 they have to do something. They can't stay the way they are right now and think that, you know, they could just bully their way to a one seed. And, you know, guess what's going to happen again? Miami's <laughs> Miami's still there. You know, this team is still here. Like even Toronto, like they, they got length. Like you, they're going to have trouble. So they have to, they got it. They're going to do something big. You know, that, 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 that's my hot take that they go out and they go get Brad. I like it. I agree with that sentiment, honestly. But to me, Bradley Beal seems like a little much. To me, it's more of a Chris Paul trade. Which would yeah. make them better, too. Which would definitely make them better, too. But I think they, they got to make something super sexy. Like, because Chris Paul, like, you know, he's an older. He's an older player. And he might not, you know, they're thinking the long term. Giannis is still, what, 25, 26 years old. You know, he's going to want to, you know, Brad's not too, you know, I think he's what? Late eight twenties, he's still he, he's he's gotten better every single year, you know. He just had a career year where he averaged thirty a game. Don't I still don't understand how do you make any old NBA teams or, or even the damn All Star team? But that's that's for another that's for another day. But you know, I think they got to make something like that. To me, if they add Brad Bill to this team, I think they're the, they're the, they're the best team in the East right now. So uh, I think they got to make something like that. They got to. You know, Giannis has the MVPs, the defensive players, but guess what? No one cares anymore, right? He's he's at that stage where where like KD got and where like everyone's like, hey, but you got to win. And then when you know when they lose, when they're the favorites and they lose, 
people are going to get them. And I think Giannis is at that point where nothing else matters. Nobody cares about MVPs. Are you on back-to-back or you had, you know, you did this or that defensive player. They care about him winning. So I, I think, I just think they, they should just go out and, and try to try to try to at least attempt to try to get Brad Bill. No, nah, that's a, that's a good take, Chris. I like it. I like it. I, that would be interesting if they do that this week or even on draft night, but guys, this wraps it up for another Knicks, Knicks, Jets, et cetera podcast. Another Knicks episode in the books. Chris, before we sign out, please let everyone know where they can find you. Man, thanks for having me on, Alex and John. This was a lot of fun. You know, you guys do some some great stuff, Alex. We've been talking to each other for for a while, and then John too. You know, uh, you know, you've been a great follow too. But uh, yeah, you can find me on on uh, on social media, off the ball pod. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and all that. Uh, you can also follow uh, the podcast is available on all podcast platforms, so you can listen to the podcast. That also on YouTube too, like. Got a, got a few shows lined up this week that are fun, you know, doing a draft show this week. So I'm excited about that. And uh, got some some other projects in the lineup. You can listen to the show, my podcast tomorrow, Mondays. You can listen to it every Monday on Dash Radio, on Nothing But Net uh, radio channel on uh, 12 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so, you know, uh, that, that's been uh, that, that's been really cool. That was it. I'd be able to to reach out to more people that want to listen to, to me, uh, you know, to BS for, for an hour or two. But uh, yeah, uh, also my network. I start up a sports network. If people don't know, uh, Off the Ball Network, uh, you know, doing some cool stuff, writing pretty much about anything, you know, college based, college football, college basketball, hockey, basketball, obviously everything, you know. Uh, so it's, it's been fun to expand and, and grow that too. So yeah, you can find that on Off the OTB underscore network on Twitter, offtheballnetwork.com and uh, Instagram off the ball network and a Facebook off the ball network. But yeah, man, this was a lot of fun, man. I appreciate you guys for having me on. It's always an honor when someone wants me on their show. I think I still think it's crazy that people actually want me on their show. So this was a blast, guys. Thanks for having me on. Chris, it's been our pleasure. Look, I've been following you for, for a minute now. It's been your, your, your product is awesome. You put out great content. A lot of fascinating interviews. I mean, you had Mike Barkanoff on. You've had uh, you've had a lot of great people on, especially when it comes to Knicks. I'm a big Knicks guy, so anything when you time you bring on someone on the Knicks, I'm always ready to listen to it. And you're doing a lot of great work with your network as well. And everyone, if you do not follow this man, I do not know what you're doing. Please go check him out. Follow him on Twitter. Follow him on IG. He he's up to date. He's got everything. The content's great. Please yeah. make sure to give Chris. Uh, the follow and off the ball network. All right. And off the ball podcast. Let's not forget that. And so with that, as I said, everyone, thank you for tuning in for another Knicks jets, et cetera, podcast episode, another Knicks episode. And please remember to like share and subscribe this podcast. Please make sure to tell your family, your friends, your dog, your cats, your, your, I don't even know what, maybe you got some lizards out there who are are listening to podcasts. (laughs) doing there on their daily commute we saw that big rat gang on new york city train right exactly. uh, they listen to podcasts those rat new york city rats listen to podcasts for sure new york city rats definitely do listen to podcasts all right they're probably listening to decent america they got the earbuds with the tims on yeah they, they listen to podcasts on their way to work <laughs> eating that slice of pizza we all know yep. about those dollar slices <laughs> <laughs> So everyone, please make sure to also follow our social media accounts. We're on IG, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you all again. Please make sure to tune in back this week for a Jets episode. All right? Because we got John who's going to try to lead us through this miserable time. Catch- I almost had it, bro. The Jaguars almost had it, dude. <laughs> Later, everyone. <laughs> Let's go, Knicks. <laughs> <laughs>